free to be comfortable in your skin with Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream. This time of year, your skin may need something more. Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream is dermatologist-recommended, hydrates for 48 hours, and repairs the skin's moisture barrier in one week. It defends against dryness, irritation, and more, so you can feel comfortable to sweat, swim, travel, and live life. Cetaphil. We do skin. You do you. At Bill WD-40 in to lube us up for tonight's show. All right, who else do we have? Dronebeard, welcome to SOR Chat. Margie O, Mr. L, thank you for coming on in. Video Game Zombie, good to see you. Hi, Dirty Filth in the chat room. Caitlin Rose Priestess, welcome to SOR Chat. Hi, Sensational Sherry. And Carlito, thank you so much for the love with that super chat, my friend. It's a thank you so much. We love your continued support of SOR, so thank you so, so much. Uh, Let's continue on here with Roll Call. Because we've got to get through here. We only got like 30 seconds. Ufologist, nice to see you. Hi, Sibylla Irwin. I asked you a question in the other chat room. Are you coming to Vegas with us? Are we going to see you there? Hi, Adam Robbins. Thank you for joining us. Mr. Catfish. Kobe Belson, welcome to SOR Chat. And Derek Ning, good to see you again, my friend. And we're running out of time here. Can we make it? Can we make it? Becky Belling, the beautiful Becky Belling has returned. Lady M, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you. Michael Gutierrez, Bobo, Blue Cruise. Good to see you all. And horns up, everyone. Let's rock. of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website we got a great show for you tonight the lovely and talented geraldina rosco returns for her seventh year as being the host uh, with the most the spiritual you we love geraldine around here yes we do her hair by the way looking impeccably 10 out of 10 tonight then in our number three we're going to head to the swamp then super duke from world bigfoot radio is back for the first cryptid report of 2023 Now, Geraldine Orozco is not only somebody's opinion I value very, very much in this field, but she is also a good friend and one of the kindest hearts you will meet in the UFO contact world, especially when it comes to what she does. Geraldine is the owner of Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California. Her website, GeraldineRosco.com, is where Geraldine helps people heal, 
helps get their DNA reprogrammed, helps really everyone and anyone who needs help with everything from their own consciousness and healing of history and of today. But if they've had their own ET contact that they don't understand, she is right there standing with them. And to bring Geraldine in, it's, you know, there is no strong introduction to actually do this. She is one of my friends. She is one of my mentors. She is somebody I absolutely love and adore. And Geraldine, I want to say a big thank you for everything that you've done for Spaced Out Radio over time and starting a brand new year with you on The Spiritual You always means the most to me. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. As always, um, I can't believe it's seven years. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. And here's to an incredible year, another amazing year together. Thank you very much, Dave. You know, looking back in time here, if I if I look in my crystal ball and look backwards, I remember a young lady coming on in to Spaced Out Radio. You'd only ever done one interview about your coming out party and we were number two and you were you were so shy and timid about telling your story about how your et contact had affected you and how you had run the gamut through everything and you were learning on the fly much like all of us have to and now you fast forward to today geraldine where you were one of the brightest stars you were one of the the top spokespeople in north america regarding this subject you have have had an amazing run the last few years in in conferences in in tell all uh, podcast your YouTube channel is successful I mean you've really really established yourself as one of the credible voices here well thank you very much Dave for that I, I greatly appreciate that it's been a a wild ride. It's been a roller coaster and it's been a lot of learning and expansion and meeting incredible people from around the world, um, connecting with the ET uh, UFO community, experiencers, and I've learned so much and I continue to learn every day as a growth. And um, yeah, it, it's really an honor. I'm very humbled by this journey. It's something that, you know, when you surrender to source, it's as if it just it pulled you into this direction. It's not something that was planned, but obviously divinely orchestrated in some way. So it, it is an honor to be here. Thank you to be of service. In your almost eight years, nine years now of doing this, what have you learned about yourself regarding this journey that you're going on? Because you've seen the good in people, you've seen the scary in people, you've seen the bad in people who, no matter what, they're trying to ruin, uh, you know, relationships, they're trying to ruin everything that kind of goes on with, with what you are trying to, to promote. Everybody goes through it. I've gone through it. You've gone through it. Everybody in this field who has a voice has gone through it. How have you grown as a person over this time? Well, I have um, grown tremendously because, um, you know, every every cycle of life that we are learning how to come into our highest expression uh, is an opportunity to expand in many dimensions. And we cycle through patterns of healing in the feminine and the masculine. And I've seen that over my course of, of coming out and understanding my own ET experiences and diving deep into it. And what I, the the most powerful lesson that I learned is that as you surrender, the more you surrender, the more it opens space for you to learn and be able to experience more in a higher octave. 
So just when you think things are getting dark, just when you think things are getting, um, you know, scary or fearful, the moment you surrender, that's the moment that things begin to shift in direction. And you have the ability of manifesting things that are in the light. That surrender, that neutral point of existence allows you to access the highest vibrational frequency and allows you to access into higher potential experiences for your soul. So that really has been the most powerful thing uh, of experiencing the darkest shadows of ET, of ET uh, community, um, of the spiritual community, you know, so many things that we experience in our own families and in our relationships. But it's to me, I, I've kind of become an explorer of, you know, the darkest areas that allow you to enter into the highest realms. And that's really been the most powerful um, experience for me. And it's, it's about surrender. It's about trust coming into your highest trust. Um, and I think, I think we're all learning that at this time right now, especially because how the world is moving um, over the past two years that have really pushed us in the direction of looking at our deepest shadows and, you know, doing the shadow work to clear it up and to come into your highest expression by facing those shadows and, and doing the shadow work. Many people are afraid to do that emotional healing. So that's that's like the number one thing that I think is is the key to all of this. It really is. You know, and, and yeah. the, the idea behind this, Geraldine, is to try and purify your own life of the negativity of the darkness of, of everything that is, that is going on. And you know what new years and starting a brand new year is a good time for all of us to try and do that. You know, I, I never recommend resolutions because it just sets you up for failure, but it is a good time to kind of reflect and say, okay, this didn't work last year. What can I do this year to help myself kind of be better? You know, whether it's changing your hairstyle, whether it's meditation, whether it's, you know, uh, going for a pedicure once every month or or reading a book, it doesn't matter what it is. What can you do to better yourself to make life a little bit more positive? And I know that is something I struggle with, but I'm still trying to do. I know you do that. You know, I mean, how how important is it to learn positivity for oneself? It is, you know, actually, it's a it's a human condition, because if we look at our lives, and if we look at the patterns that we have inherited through our family lineages, mother and father lineages, and the patterns that we take on, we learn from the moment that we're in the womb until the age of seven, we are taking on all kinds of programming. And so it forms the way that we see the world. And what we discover a lot of times is that we are more closely connected and more familiar with survival patterns than we are unconditional love, expansion, unity, and peace. So this is something that we have to look at. And, it, and most people that have experienced separation in, in many different ways in their lifetime discover that they have a hard time embodying peace. They don't even know what it feels like. So we have to train biochemically the nervous system, the muscle system, and our multidimensional field in order to allow us to come into higher access. And the more we learn how to come into that positivity, we also begin to shift our interdimensional contact. Our interdimensional contact begins to shift in the kind of beings that we're interacting with, um, our awareness of the world, our awareness of shadows of the world around us. And we can see things in a way of unity. 
unity consciousness is the next step when we begin to enter into a way of, of healing, you know. So um, we have to learn. We have to learn how to embody that peace and understand what that feels like. And another really important thing is that these positive emotions, I'm not talking about surface emotions, not that you look happy on the outside. It's subconscious program. It's your deep belief systems about peace, about love, about joy, about expansiveness, truth. Many people are afraid of even their own truth. And that's really what keeps people far away from the ability to access higher, higher frequencies in themselves. You know, so it's a process. That is, you know, but how do you keep that process from going self-destructive? No, well, you know, the thing is that um, the key is that when you're looking at these patterns that are probably difficult to look at, let's say traumatic experiences, uh, some people, they look at them and then they get stuck in the feeling body of these emotions that come up. Because we can we can look at some memories from childhood and discover that, you know, wow, we have experienced some pretty deep trauma. It doesn't even have to be abuse, physical abuse. It could be something that mom said or father said or neglect or this subtle feeling of rejection that they felt for themselves that we picked up on. As children, we are extremely intuitive and we pick up on these subtle uh, energies. So when we revisit those, they can be very powerful and they begin, we begin to feel it in the body. So the key is to understand what emotions are. Emotions are the language of vibrational frequency. They're the language of the universe. And if we understand how to utilize emotions properly, we can quickly navigate, heal, and learn and evolve in a way that's very co-creative as opposed to counter-creative. When we stay in the emotional body and we store emotions in the body because we don't know how to process them, we feel overwhelmed, we go into states of fear of the unknown on the other side of these strong emotions, they get stuck in the body and we just end up feeling them over and over and over again and we can't learn from them and we can't move forward. So the key is to sit with the emotion, observe it, feel it to get to know what it does, because emotions are layers. Um, You'll notice that when you feel fear, for example, part of your body will contract. You have to see what part of your body reacts to these emotions. That is where you are storing in the muscle memory of the body, in the nervous system, and in the multidimensional body, key memories of trauma that you've experienced that relate to that emotion. So it's really beautiful. The body has an incredible intelligence of self-healing, health, self-regeneration we can access and heal um and so uh you know how do we move away from self-destruction destructive patterns is by learning to observe the emotion get the information that we need and integrate learn essentially we're broadening broadening our perspective from uh trauma experiences that we might have a very specific perception that was created as a result of that experience so when you broaden the perspective of what you experienced, you begin to see yourself in the shoes of the other person, of other part participants. And then you take a look at your ancestral lineage. You know, where did these belief systems come from? Mother, father, grandfather, how, how long in society have we been playing out these toxic roles? Now, when you begin to have this broad perspective, it alleviates this kind of stagnation that you hold into the body being a victim role and into a place of empowerment, clarity, and understanding, you know, and that it's very liberating for the human. 
It, it is very liberating, and and you know it does uh, deem on self control and self guidance. Where does karma come into play on this? Yeah, that's an amazing question. So we we are cycling through. Well, let's define what karma means. Karma represents cause and effect, and essentially, uh, what we're talking about is let's let's go back to the example of the trauma. Let's say the child was neglected by the mother, and she looks back at the history of the neglect of the mother. Um, and notices that the reason why the mother cannot provide support for the child is because she herself feels unworthy as a mother. Uh, she was also neglected by her parents, so she never learned or received the tools, emotional tools, and and embodied or ever experienced caretaking and nurturing. She's not familiar with that. So therefore, she doesn't have it within her to be able to hold that space. And and. This is where we start looking at, you know, the biology. Like we think that we're wired to behave in certain ways. Mechanically, we are. But what really drives our co-creation and our experiences is the subconscious mind. So if in the subconscious mind, the mother does not believe that she's worthy or is capable of providing safety, nourishment for the child or herself, she won't be able to and the child will pick that up. Um, so these are cyclical patterns that are passed down gen- generations. So the mother, the grandmother, the great-grandmother. And when you begin to look at these cycles, we are actually passing down up to 20 generations of trauma through our DNA, through the mitochondria. Literally, from the father and the mother, we are carrying all of these traumatic experiences. So when we incarnate into these family bloodlines, to experience these specific traumatic things that you're experiencing, they are key invitations for you to be able to break these traumatic cycles. And that would be breaking karmic cycles. When the human comes into a state of consciousness and awareness about these patterns, they have an opportunity. And it's important to break those patterns because if we don't, what happens is that when we have children, we pass them on, we pass them on. And in addition, it affects the way that we manifest our life experiences. So let's say we can't heal the mother wound. What happens is you find a partner and the partner plays out the same dynamic. Okay, you go to work, your boss plays out the same dynamic, you go to your child's school, and these children are playing the same dynamic with your child. So you're going to find this pattern over and over again. This is what karma really means in our practical world. And it really is up to us, our level of awareness can bring us into liberation from these cycles of uh, patterns of suffering, essentially. The patterns of suffering. You know, I think that's the part that everybody's going to focus on here because we're used to negativity. We're used to suffering. We're used to taking three steps forward and two and a half steps back on a on a daily basis. This is how, for many of us, life seems to kick us in the butt every now and again when we think we're on a roll to making things better and just to get dragged back down to where we came from. I mean, it's a hard lesson to continually learn, and many people get sick of that. Yes, but but you see, there are there are laws to this universe, and the law of cause and effect, which is the law of karma, functions in the subconscious mind. So even if on the outside you tell yourself that you're ready for change and you're doing all these things, if in the back of your mind there's a feeling of unworthiness or a doubt in yourself and your own abilities 
you won't be able to transcend this limitation and you'll keep repeating the same thing over again. So actually the law of attraction works by resonance and your resonance is made up of the patterns of belief systems that are encoded in your DNA, which is essentially these core belief systems that we play out. So the more that we get to know ourselves and our true core subconscious beliefs, that's when you can begin to change the pattern. Otherwise, because, you know, we're very complex individuals and, and those core beliefs drive our eating habits. They drive the choices that we make in terms of uh, what we're doing throughout the day, how we spend our time, our energy levels, our sugar cravings. They drive um, our relationships and how our dynamics play out. So, you know, it's there's a lot that has to be kind of readdressed and looked at. The, the When you uh, break that pattern and embody self-love, for example, you begin to be more compassionate with yourself and you begin to notice, oh, some of these patterns are actually really toxic for me. So I'm going to begin to change them. And what you'll notice is change after change, little, little change. All of a sudden, it's your life isn't going in a different direction. And now you're seeing real results. So it's kind of like it's a complex thing. And, and it's the subconscious mind that has to change, actually, not just the external Okay, so I know I'm like a lot of people out there where if if things are going wrong, okay, or I just need to change a pace, I, I like to go shopping. I, I like to, you know, get some food that I can enjoy and munch on or, or, you know, buy a new pair of shoes or a new jacket or something along that line. I mean, how do – obviously we are confusing materialistic items for healing emotional problems. Is that a healthy thing? Is it a, is it a wrong way to treat uh, distress? Well, you know, I don't tend to think of things in right or wrong. And the reason why I invite you to shift, uh, you the listener, to change from your perspective of putting things and compartmentalizing them in right and wrong is because right and wrong can be very subjective. Um, you know, it, it really depends. And because of the law of cause and effect, we begin to discover that everybody, when they are in a state of unconscious behavior, they are nothing more than at the mercy of their own suffering and their own limited perceptions of things. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Be free to be comfortable in your skin with Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream. This time of year, your skin may need something more. Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream is dermatologist-recommended, hydrates for 48 hours, and repairs the skin's moisture barrier in one week. It defends against dryness, irritation, and more, so you can feel comfortable to sweat, swim, travel, and live life. Cetaphil. We do skin. You do you. So, you know, we live in a world co-creating, interconnected with one another, and therefore, uh, we cannot control anything that happens externally. The only thing that we can control is ourselves. So that being said, um, these kinds of seeking externally for things to fulfill internally is always going to result in deeper feelings of emptiness. 
uh, long term. Because what you're what you're feeding yourself with, whether it's the shopping or the food, is only going to satiate temporarily. It's kind of like the pharmaceutical industry, right? It addresses the symptoms, but it doesn't really address the core illness or the core problem. So we now want to address the core issue. And if you can be compassionate enough with yourself to address that issue, you will notice that your choices will naturally change into something that not only is harmonious for yourself, but it's something that is harmonious for the entire world. Because remember that falling into the cycle of consumerism, you're, you're affecting lots of lives. You're affecting fast fashion. You're affecting, uh, well, you can just say, for example, whatever it is you're shopping for. But there are systems, and, and we live in a parasitic world where um, these organizations that create products are mainly a lot of slavery. A lot of people suffer to produce, to keep producing things, lots of things for people, you know, and we don't, we're not mindful of that. We see it in a shelf looking shiny and new, but the amount of work that went into creating these things is a lot of suffering for another human being. So, you know, if you just look at that one example, you begin to shift your perspective, you know, do you really need to satiate this emptiness you have inside of you by by applying your money and supporting these parasitic cycles that are harming even the collective or other, other, other humanity, you know, so these are kind of, this is now going into a maturity, a spiritual maturity and a maturity of, of the human that when the human begins to take responsibility for their suffering, they also begin to change the choices that they make and it becomes something more conscious and healing, not only for yourself, but for everyone else in the world. So what you're saying is I don't have an addiction to Converse shoes and that I should (laughs) get more Converse, especially if they're high tops, because I really like them and feel comfortable in walking in them. I love you for that, Geraldine. Thank you for giving me the courage (laughs) to go spend more money on Converse shoes. I appreciate it. (laughs) That's your thing. And, you know, do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Geraldine Orozco's The Spiritual You continues here on Spaced Out Radio. And when we return, karma, where does it lead us? Where are we going? Can we break the cycles? How do we break them? We'll get back with the lovely and talented Geraldine Orozco when we return on Spaced Out Radio. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Did you get some for Christmas at least? No, I did beforehand. Oh, that's good. I bought myself a a bright yellow pair that has like black paint splattering all over them. They look really cool. Whoa, that's cool. But but here's here's the thing. I never thought I would wear yellow shoes. But these things look badass. Yeah, that sounds great. They're they're like badass. So I had to. I had to. How was your new year? It was fantastic. How about you? I uh, screwed up with my clippers, and uh, many in my audience are not very happy with me right now. Yeah, you shaved. That's great. But, Why not? What's wrong with it? I can't stand it. This is not pretty, okay? This is not pretty. The soul may be pretty. The mind may be pretty. But the body is not pretty. We're still It's still a, a work in, in progress here, you know? Okay. So... Uh, I am actually, uh, since the last time I talked to you, I think I'm down. You look like you lost weight. I'm down about three, 
three and a half inches on my stomach. Wow. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I haven't weighed myself. I'm going to the gym tomorrow, but I mm-hmm. haven't weighed myself. But I do know that I'm almost back in an XL shirt, extra large, because that's normally where I've been since I was 20 years old, you know, and I was uh-huh. just a, a, a gym rat at that point. Uh, but I'm almost back there. And, uh, you know, I, I did get some disappointment on new year's Eve. I was going to wear some dress slacks and, uh, that humbled me a little bit. So that's why I got to get off my ass tomorrow morning and, and make my way to the gym and, and, uh, make some stuff happen. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I got five months. I want to try and lose at least 25 pounds in the next five months. Uh, wow. Or four, uh, four and a half it. months. I mean, four and a half months wow. before we uh, before we go to Las Vegas for our fan party. Yeah. So you're gonna do great, Dave. Well, I hope so. Look, everyone's rooting you in the chat. I mean, we're so proud of you. I'm super proud of you. That's amazing. Well, you know, um, uh, I the the main thing is I'm I'm doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for huh. anybody else. I'm doing it for myself. And, uh, I think beforehand you always like, well, geez, you know, if I want to be on TV, I better lose weight. If I want to, you know, have good photos to present to people, I got to lose weight, you know, and you're looking for all these excuses to, um, to, uh, uh, you know, find that reason to, to, um, go for it. But I I just finally got angry. That's what it was. I just finally got got angry and uh, and I got angry of always being tired and every joint in my body aching and 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 that's what it was for me. Uh, And then uh, I I went uh, I went and saw my doctor because I had high blood pressure and and obviously it was because of my. I, and I hate this term, but I'm going to use it for myself, obesity. Mm-hmm. And even though I've never classified myself as obese. And uh, basically he said, I, I need you to, you know, change some of your habits. And, and uh, you know, like I don't eat past being full now. Uh, I, I've uh, went on this, uh, this, uh, it's a diabetic, even though I don't have diabetes, it's a diabetic shot called Ozempic uh, that I've oh. gone on. And that has, uh-huh. that has really been a fat eater in my stomach and in my, you know, I'm down to two chins instead of three. Um, and, <laughs> oh, but I, I've gone on Ozempic and it has worked for me. I, if, if anybody uh, tries to go on it, please uh, get your doctor uh, involved on that one. And basically, I take. What does it do? It, it takes you know? a shot a week. It's a shot a week. Uh-huh. It, it gives you a lot of natural antibodies. It also eats. Uh, it, one of the side effects that they had for for diabetic patients that they didn't know of was it actually eats fat that is stored oh, in wow. the body. And mm-hmm. so I've been on that uh, mm-hmm. now for seven weeks, and it's uh, it's been working. I mean, there are a couple of weird side effects uh, that I don't like, 
but it's getting better. So uh, I'll get you to hold on right there. I want to say thank you to Vaughn, Carlito, and Louie for the Super Chats. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Here we go in three seconds, everyone. Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you have missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor and hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We are talking karma. We are talking Zen, Chi, spirituality, and aliens. Geraldina Rosco from GeraldinaRosco.com and Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco is here for her monthly edition and first time of 2023, The Spirit. You, Geraldine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you once again. Such an honor to be here. Absolutely. It's an honor to always speak with you. A lot of people in the chat room earlier, uh, and normally I don't take questions until hour two, but I thought I would bring this up with you. In regards to karma and, and, and karmic behavior that goes through the generations, you said up to 20 generations, maybe more, maybe less. You know, how do you put an yeah. end to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome question. One of my favorite questions because um, this is actually what my work is is about. Uh, and and you know this work that I'm talking about is not only about your everyday life relationship experiences. It's also about interdimensional contact. I work with a lot of experiencers that are having sometimes parasitic interactions, interdimensional experiences. Uh, such as the hybridization program and other kinds of ex- experiences that are happening with military as well. Um, and so all of these kinds of experiences where a human might feel helpless or where they might feel like they don't have control over their, let's say, their destiny or what they're doing in their life. Um, this talk about the karmic breaking contracts is essential to understand the laws of creation of this universe and the three-dimensional plane. When we understand that our vibrational frequency is made up of the information that we input and output through the chakra system, which is essentially the endocrine system, which processes emotional data, which is vibrational patterns of frequency that we absorb through the body, through the skin, the muscles, layers, the down to the cellular level of the body. All of these systems that are processing this data, which we process through epigenetics, as we know, epigenetics is uh, talking about how we edit, we can edit our DNA essentially based on the things that we are inputting into the body. And if we do a lot of toxic things, obviously the DNA becomes weaker and we become ill, we we generate illnesses, we can even activate uh, dormant illnesses in the body, such as cancer and other things like that. But we are not married to our DNA. So this is uh, important for people that Whatever it is that we're inheriting from our ancestral lineage, whether it's an illness, whether it's an ancestral 
uh, trauma. Let's say we have family that has, was in the Holocaust or in wars. Um, you know, all of that is embedded and encoded in the way that we respond to life. So as soon as we become aware of triggers, that's where we start. As soon as you become aware of your triggers, take a look at your triggers over the past 24 hours. Take a look at your triggers over the past month, over the past year. And as you begin to look at these triggers, you begin to understand certain patterns of emotions that you keep coming into. In fact, these have become your survival mechanisms through life. Even though, let's say, you you think you live a very peaceful life or a regular rudimentary anyday life, the fact that you are your body is tense, you're not in the present moment, you're in a state of survival, unconscious, reactionary to things, is, is a distinct um, manifestation of stored trauma and trauma response. So our awareness of those kinds of patterns can allow us to work with, this, with the kind of belief systems that we have inherited, and that is the karmic cycle. So when you begin to understand those belief systems, let's say you are in a toxic relationship. Uh, let's say the partnership is abusive in some way. And when you look back at your lineage, you discover that your parents were also toxic relationship, abusive grandparents. So what your choice now, this is how you break the karmic contract, is what is your participation in choosing and creating patterns of toxicity in this partnership? you're going to discover a lot about you. And sometimes this is the hardest part for the human because they begin to see truths about themselves, parts about ourselves that have become even complacent because we are comfortable with suffering. And we, we think that might be contrary. We think, how can we be comfortable with suffering? But we are literally addicted chemically to being in a state of stress because they're familiar to us. If we've, if we've endured a lot of trauma throughout our childhood, stress is kind of our comfort zone. And so we actually seek out stressful experiences subconsciously. And even the partners that we're choosing are going to feel comfortable in that toxicity. So we begin to notice these powerful patterns that we've embodied. And sometimes the human feels overwhelmed and they're like, well, you know, my entire life is basically built around this belief system. How can I dissolve it now? Well, the choice begins in embodying self-love. When you begin to identify the amount of suffering that you have uh, in, in some way contributed into self-imposing these kinds of toxicities in your life, you have a choice to break them. And that means that our participation has to change. The imbalance within the human that participates in these toxic experiences is usually in the way that they're exchanging life force, okay? So are we giving more than we're receiving? Are we receiving more than we're giving? This is, this is the core concept of life force exchange. And we are imbalanced in that exchange with our own selves and with others. So we need to take a look at how, where are we imbalanced? What are we doing and where, what, are, what is our unconscious contribution to suffering experiences? And the, the moment you begin to realize that, you can then implement those changes. And a lot will change. You'll change the way that you speak to yourself. You're going to change the way that you speak to others. The choices that you're making in your life, the food that you're eating, the choices that you're making in, in how you're interacting and communicating with other people. And your life gently begins to shift. 
So this is how you break the trauma. Now, it is so powerful to break a trauma and, and karmic pattern that we're talking about here because let's say you have little children. Your children pick up everything that you're experiencing subconsciously. So if you have a smile on your face, but you're really stressed out about the relationship that you're having with your partner, your child will pick that up. And they will begin to create trauma responses in their body because most children can't separate themselves from the parent and they take it on as a part of themselves, just like we did, right? So we basically inherit these patterns into our children. So the moment we begin to make changes, we teach the child subconsciously how to be empowered, sovereign, um, in in a balanced state of relationships, self-worth, self-love compassion so it's it really begins to change generations moving forward starting with you this is how powerful it is to break these karmic contracts what if you don't have children or have chosen not to have children yeah so those that have chosen not to have children you know Obviously, you know, they have their own reasons for why they didn't. Uh, Whatever those reasons are, then the line ends with you. Then, um, however, the patterns don't change because, you know, whoever you're interacting with, because we live in a three-dimensional duality, which means that we're here to experience exchanges and contrast. And we do that with relationships and with life experiences. So we're still going to... Uh, have an opportunity to observe our patterns and how we're contributing in these karmic experiences. We're going to manifest partners, jobs, uh, events, even global events as a collective humanity, like what we've experienced in the past two years. We have all kind of co-created in a way as a humanity we have chosen to experience in order to pull forward somehow. Um, so we, we, we can somehow shift collectively the more that people choose to be mindfully aware of their present moment and what they're choosing, we can shift collectively timelines for the, for the whole essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see where you're going with that, you know, but do our children still have to, or even grandchildren, still have to carry that weight, that burden. I mean, because we always want the next generation to do better. We always want the next generation to learn from the past mistakes. But if they are carrying that karmic, those karmic uh, wastes uh, of garbage that we have passed on to them, how do they even stand a chance? Yeah, so there is a beautiful intelligence to this universe that self-organizes by vibrational frequency. And because of the beautiful intelligent design of this universe in which information is coiled in a spiral motion, not only in the cells of our body, but in the way that we move in this world, in the way that we connect with one another, patterns of everything from bird migrations to weather patterns to, uh, you know, networks of intelligence under trees, um, information spirals, and it spirals micro and macro. Okay, the entire universe is also moving in a spiral motion. And we are moving octave to higher octave every time that we are ascending collectively through the generations. So every new soul that comes into a generation is encoded with activated DNA that allows them to bring in higher octaves into the bloodline, just like me and you, right? So we we are 
a higher octave than our our past uh, generation, and and this may not always be present to the to the person. It may not always be easily visible um, until the person wakes up consciousness. Because of the law of free will, every human has the opportunity to choose the kind of experience that they want. That's why there's no right and wrong. A human can experience a life of suffering if they want to. And a, and a person can choose a life of love and expansion if they want to as well. All of those different choices create a balance in the, in the world because this is like the yin and yang, right? We have a we have a, um, a feminine and masculine life force, and we all play a very important role in maintaining a balance for this collective uh, humanity. So essentially, um, the human is uh, is choosing and has the opportunity to uh, navigate these experiences in this way. Hmm. Hmm. So. What about a reincarnated spirit? If, say, you get, you know, there's some people who claim they get the, the quick turnaround, which, oh, God, I hope that doesn't happen to me. But, you know, you get the quick turnaround of, of you're dead one day and you bring that, you know, you just get up to heaven or wherever you're going and then all of a sudden you get the knock on the door saying, hey, it's your turn. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile, with a special holiday message. The message is this. If you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of our plans, even unlimited. Now, I realize this is more of a holiday offer than it is a holiday message. But if you read between the lines, you can see a message in there. It says we love you. Visit mintmobile.com slash Spotify for the offer. I mean, message your numbers called already and you got to go back down through childhood do you carry your your karma from your previous life or do you now inherit the karma from your new family yeah so the way that it works is like this i want you to visualize yourself as let's see a spider web imagine a spider web you know how the spider web has a, a center point and it has all these beautiful branches that uh come out from it um all of these branches in this spider web are interconnected. And they become one, one whole. So you are at the center of that spider web, let's say. Your past life is, let's say, three rows up to the left. Your future self or your interdimensional part of you, let's say your Arcturian self, is four lines down to the right. You exist simultaneously and you have access to all of this information in this present moment. But how we access the network of consciousness through the morphogenetic field is by coming into the zero point, what we call the zero point. When we embody neutrality and we integrate our fractalizations that have occurred through trauma and uh, perceptions of separation, you now, it's almost as if you lock in to the center of the web and you connect to the entire network, almost like you just turned on Wi-Fi and now you have access to everything. So um, this is essentially how it works. And the physics of that is that essentially because you raise your vibration to the highest frequency, your body begins to spin really, really fast. And that allows you to navigate multiple dimensions simultaneously. 
So in the context of, of karma, um, it's we, we are allocated in this spider web and we experience everything, the plethora of emotions, plethora of experiences. And we have access to all of the memories of that, that through your physical body right here, right now, which is why past life regression can work and why we can go into um, meditation and access this information as well. Or you can go into a trance and access your Arcturian part of you, right? So karma is not really so much on a linear timeline, like the human timeline measurement, where we, we see this beginning and this end. It's actually simultaneous. And we choose the next life, quote unquote, next or simultaneous access of awareness. Actually, it's an awareness point. Whatever point in that web becomes conscious and aware is what is being lived. So when you're done with this lifetime and the level of consciousness that you've reached in this lifetime will make you a match for the next point in the web that is in alignment with that next uh, evolutionary potential. And we, we are always moving, let's say, quote unquote, up. Okay. Again, the reason why I put it in quotes is because time is not linear, it's simultaneous, and yet we are moving in some kind of ascension form of some sort where we're entering into higher octaves every time collectively. So there's always an opportunity for ascension. That's the nature of this uh, dual, dualistic uh, universe that we live in. Um, so it, it's really not... Um, and the other thing is, how do we choose the families that we come into? Well, again, let's say in a previous life, you had a simultaneous life, you had an experience where um, you were fearful of the feminine. And in this lifetime, you are incarnated into a family where you have a abusive mother. So that life plan was designed specifically, and you are designed specifically to be able to transcend that. You have all the access in your DNA. So the more DNA you activate, the more points in the web are available to you. Imagine the web as a holographic projection of your DNA. So as you begin to activate DNA, which means reintegrate trauma, you can access these points and utilize the tools that are available to you from these dimensional perceptions. So um, whatever you transcended in that past life, you can utilize as a tool here. Let's say you're highly psychic and you're able to transcend this issue with mother in order to heal the feminine. And therefore, you are now balancing the collective in your web. So we are all part of each other's web as we are one. And this is how we have an opportunity for transcending into unity consciousness. Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You continuing here on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Geraldine, you know, the fact that we are, you know, having to deal with this for a long time and a long periods, how do we know if we're getting better? How do we know if we're dropping those old habits that are centuries and lifetimes old? Is there is there a, a, a Kmart blue light special that goes on that, that lets us know every time we we pass a, a a momentous occasion or that we're over something? How do we know? Okay, how you know is that you're no longer in suffering. <laughs> it's very simple. Um, you know, once you are no longer in states of suffering, once no, you are no longer being triggered by something, if your memories don't trigger you anymore. Past experiences, traumas, past lives are no longer triggering suffering in you. 
then you're integrating and you're moving forward. Essentially, you are embodying the zero point, which from which when we embody that zero point of neutrality in the observer state of all potential experiences, you now have the ability to um, emerge love, this bliss state. This, uh, and, and what you find in that bliss state is, you know, when you, when you orgasm, you're, you don't feel anything. You know, the body begins to dissolve and you become one with the universe. Remember that sensation. And this is kind of what the zero point is about. You begin to dissolve the walls that limit you from anything and you enter into a bliss state of co-creation. This is the most powerful state of manifestation for the human. Um, and it's been depicted by many ancient uh, cultures and religions as, you know, this enlightened beings, the rainbow body. I mean, you name it, every, every religion, every culture has talked about this heightened state that the human has the potential of reaching. So this is how you know. Oh, that makes sense to those who it's working <laughs> for. For those of us who are still traveling in the yonder timeline, yeah, we may have a while to go. We have four minutes to go before we have to go to break here. At the top of the hour, Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You continuing on here. Geraldine, looking towards a new year, new you, new how, you know, we, we always try and and improve ourselves at the beginning of the year. How do we build the strength within ourselves in order to make ourselves better? I didn't say resolution, but to make ourselves better. You know... It doesn't require strength as much as it requires compassion. Um, because you really have to take a look at the amount of suffering. I mean, we need to, we need to kind of mature our perspective in how suffering affects the physical body. When we are in states of suffering and, and loathing and uh, despair of the past or things that are currently happening, our poor body suffers so much. In fact, the organs are like burning with anger, with all these heightened stress chemicals that create inflammation and illness in the body that weaken the immune system, that, uh, you know, just create all kinds of havoc we can't sleep, we can't drink, we can't drink, uh, you know, water, we don't nourish the body. There's such a profound disconnect. And we are living in not the present moment. We are living in the past or we're living in the future. So that kind of negation towards yourself is, is profound and it affects every part of yourself. It affects your ability to embody peace love. I mean, you could you could embody this incredible creative self, but you keep bring yourself back into the state of a shadow, which is an illusion. It's not even true. That's the thing. Um, we, are, we are in love with our lies sometimes. We are very comfortable with the lies that we tell ourselves. Um, and in fact, when you begin to question them, you realize they're actually not true. You know, so this is the thing. So it, it requires actually compassion. You know, be compassionate with yourself. Do you really want to spend another year suffering and not coming into your highest potential, not doing the things that bring you joy, being in a state of fear, shrinking down, um, being a victim again of anything? Um, you know, this is the question. And so it, that compassion will give you the strength, essentially, and love to choose light <laughs> as opposed to suffering and the opposite. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. 
And, you know, I think we can all work with that, you know, moving forward. You know, the idea behind it all, at least for me, is, you know, where do I find the value of it? You know, value is something that we all, whether it's brand new, whether it's shiny, bright objects, value is something that we put in everything, but we don't add that value to ourselves. as we got about one minute to go. Yes. Uh, well, that's where our values have to change based on our belief systems. We in the matrix, when we're married to the matrix, we value suffering because we've been trained to value suffering. Okay. It's become a survival mechanism. So we have to break our connection to the matrix. Remember the movie, The Matrix, when Neo wakes up and that one guy has a choice of eating juicy steaks or coming into reality? Well, you have to choose. You have to choose essentially what do you value more? Now, that's what it just comes down it, to. Is, what kind of steak are we talking about here? <laughs> I don't know. One of those fancy poor little cows, mm. yeah. <laughs> Mm, getting my mouth watering here. Geraldine, when we return, we're going to get to some audience questions here uh, for you because they are starting to build up, and there's some good ones out there. And we're going to get more into the alien side of everything because I can't have you on here without talking a little bit of aliens. And you know I love my aliens. You love your aliens. We all got aliens out there somewhere. And Geraldine Orozco returns again. The first Spiritual You show on Spaced Out Radio in 2023. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. We return for hour number two with Geraldine Orozco. When we return after this short break, stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio will be right back. Woohoo! So far, so good. So far, awesome. so good. I'm going to take a quick break here. Dirty filth. We're going to turn it over to you. And you can, uh, you know, guide us through this latest piece of fantastical art. Put you up there. <clears throat> and don't forget to let everybody know your website and where they can find your book and calendar. Yes. You can... Find my calendar and book and prints at filthy.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. I put some Reaper pepper powder in my tomato juice and I'm just boiling up here right now. So I was watching Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas at like one o'clock in the morning last night. It just happened to be on TV as it's going by. And then I had this weird dream about used car salesmen. So I figured out, just gonna maybe do something about used cars. And then I already realized that I did that. So, you know, you need insurance for your cars or UFOs. Oh, I'm boiling. And aside from cartoons on my website, if you come to Vegas, I will give you artwork if you find me. I've got a massive stack of cards to hand out to people. Oh, this pen brush is dying. It's 
be time for a new one soon. guy right there. This is probably the type of UFO wreckage that you can fold up like paper and then it goes back to its regular shape. Crash sports model in the desert. Now we need some brown, brown corduroy for the insurance salesman. What else would an insurance salesman wear? It's like ugly brown corduroy. A reptilian insurance agent. It's probably got a side oh, well, job at dirty. Honest John's well, used cars. By the way, Dirty Filth is Pam. I am what? Pam. We're all Pam. Well, Dirty Filth is doing that. I want to remind you all that we are getting closer and accepting emails now at info at spacedoutradio.com. Info at spacedoutradio.com for our second annual Vegas fan party may 19th through 21st if you've already sent an email in you will be getting an email from us very very soon regarding tickets and uh whether or not you want to be a vip so you got a choice there we got a great list of people who are coming on in to hang out with you 
And next break, I will go over that list. And these are all people who are volunteering their time to come hang out with you. Yeah. And we, we're going to hit Geraldine up. Hi, Crave Dog Ollie. How you doing? And uh, good to see you. So make sure you, you book your time off and you get ready for Vegas because we want a packed house there. Here we go, everybody. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. So glad to be here with you talking all things Zen and Chi as we continue on with hour number two of the show. My name is Dave Scott once again. And we want to say thank you to everyone tuning us in. On our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Vedicinal. Medicinal is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Geraldine Orozco comes in. The first week of every month. She's been doing it for seven years now, and we love her when she is on for The Spiritual You. GeraldineRosco.com is her website, so if you need some DNA reprogramming or you just need to get on that path, or maybe you've had ET contact, Geraldine is the person to contact regarding this. Geraldine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again. Happy to be here. I'm putting you on the spot right now for our audience. Are okay. you Are you uh, this year going to be able to make our Vegas fan party? I know you tried you know last what? year. Yeah, last year oh, with COVID, it was such a pain um, to do anything. Um, and I was in between traveling other location. But um, yes, this year I do have May open. So I think I might be able to make it this year for sure. Oh, that so, would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to come. I think it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. We want to we want to have you hang out with us and hang out yeah. with our listeners and and you know, so you know, I know there's somebody out there who will take you out for a vegan dinner. I know <laughs> I know there is somebody who will do that, you know. So, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure out All right. it doesn't have All animal right. byproducts in it. So, we'll make sure it happens. I'll take nice. I'll take your animal. How about that? Okay, sounds right. great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Let us get to some audience questions here because they are building yeah. up. And great. Vincent here in Manitoba is wanting to ask, Geraldine, with your intuitive background, Vincent was curious if you had ever tried remote viewing. If time permits, he'd love to hear your thoughts on remote viewing and if you've had any experiences with it and how it may tie into meditation. Wow. Okay. Great question. First of all, um, so when I was a child, um, I had several experiences of missing time 
And in addition and in combination, overlapping with those missing time experiences, um, I had these intense dreams <laughs> of being utilized to remote view for certain species, certain kind of beings. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile with a special holiday message. The message is this. If you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of our plans, even unlimited. Now, I realize this is more of a holiday offer than it is a holiday message. But if you read between the lines, you can see a message in there. It says we love you. Visit mintmobile.com slash Spotify for the offer. I mean, message. In craft and also here, terrestrial programs on Earth. And I would be made to remote view some kind of military activities of some kind. And they were taking place in different parts of the world, and they were also taking place in other kind of planets. So uh, I was also recruited and kind of uh, tested several times during grade school to test my intuitive abilities. Uh, in school, I was taken out of school, and I was uh, you know, made to take these kinds of psychological tests that they would do. And Anytime I would ask my classmates, no other one of my classmates would take similar tests or anything. They didn't know anything about it. I even went back to the school to ask the teachers. They also didn't know about it. So my feel is that uh, since childhood, I was utilized because of my intuitive abilities already back then for remote viewing. Later on in my adulthood um, and in 2013, when I had my contact experience, I became aware that you know, I had been involved in many of these kinds of contact experiences previously, not just with one race, but several different races. So when those, when my psychic abilities really came online after 2013, I began to utilize remote viewing as a tool to begin to understand what was happening to myself in these interdimensional experiences and also understand information about other things that I wanted to learn about the world. So I used it a lot and I do continue to use that. In fact, in my support group, I have a course a couple times a year to train remote viewing and we have a workshop and we practice with each other to remote view. In my opinion, remote view is one of the most essential things that the human needs to learn as a next step to developing their psychic faculties. It is absolutely essential and part of the human higher functions that we need to train intuition, uh, remote viewing, telepathy, and essentially uh, learn how to bilocate, essentially, through this remote viewing uh, interchange, energetic uh, in, in the world, in the morphogenetic field. The human has the ability to do that. Every single one. There isn't anything special about me. Every human has this ability. We just have to activate and cultivate it. Um, and in order to cultivate that, we need to silence the mind. Um, so meditation is absolutely essential in order to be able to activate um, quiet uh, the survival mechanisms, and in order to begin to activate the pineal gland. And there are many ways to activate the pineal gland, which is the seat of the soul, as they say, but it's my, the, the gland that allows us to turn on the higher vision, 
um, the crown, the seventh and eighth chakra. These these systems, heart, throat, third eye, seventh and eighth chakra, um, are all part of your higher bodies. So when you begin to activate, clear, and integrate the lower chakras, means letting go of traumas and attachments to the matrix through trauma, you can activate and expand the heart. And I teach a pretty intense course on this. Um, and right now I'm having an al- a 30-day alchemical challenge that would be amazing for anybody that's trying to learn these techniques because I'm teaching a lot of these really, really kind of not very well-known techniques to help you uh, activate that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I will answer it. It's really important. All right. Let's go over to Terry here. As Terry is asking, uh, Geraldine, where is a good place to start or restart life when you are forced due to conditions uncontrollable, uncontrolled by yourself to restart living life again? So the number one thing that has to be reestablished out of after a traumatic experience is to begin to gently train ourselves to trust ourselves again um, and to work through the process of forgiveness towards the self. Because one of the biggest blockages in starting over, let's say, uh, where we're not really, you see, we think we're starting over and we think it's such a huge event in our life. And, and it may have been terribly, terribly traumatic. However, the reason why it feels that way is because we are not used to understanding that death is a natural part of life. And we need to make the cycles of life and death something like ebb and flow all the time. Because we are not used to that, whenever something dies or whenever something ends or changes in our life, we fall apart because we were completely attached and had so many expectations for these ideals that our entire body, you know, can become quite destroyed energetically. It can tax the body. So this is the lesson that you learn is to come into a state of neutrality and non-attachment to allow yourself to always be in a constant state of ebb and flow, constant evolution, constant growing, and also experiencing death or the unknown, right? Because what is death? death? Death is like coming into unknown states of something that we're not familiar with. So the more we become friends with the unknown, the more empowered you become biophysically, chemically, and energetically in the body. Because you are training your nervous system, you're learning how to balance and self-regulate your emotional body, and you begin to strengthen your field, essentially, as a result of that. So this, this allows you to integrate the higher and the lower. You are now becoming a master of the physical realm, and you're utilizing the higher self to do that. The higher self is the function of the higher faculties, which essentially is your intuitive faculties that you can access. So in order to trust your intuition again, because a lot of times when we go through these traumatic experiences, we don't want to trust the intuition. We say, oh, no, we're not going down that path again. We already made bad choices before. How will we know if, when we're going to be safe? Well, the answer is we're never safe. We, 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 safety is an illusion, and it's based on perceptions. So how you become safe is by becoming everything, even the shadow. So you... Unconditional love, this is the whole point of unconditional love, that when you love unconditionally, you begin to see everything as a part of yourself, and you begin to embody that. Now you are really unstoppable. Now nothing can harm you, because you know your shadow so deep that nothing can manipulate, utilize that to weaponize against you, 
or to uh, make you lose your grounding and your sense of self. So how do we start over is, uh, or, you know, continue this journey of life and death is to trust and to become friends with the unknown. Okay, let's continue on here. Let's go to Lara, who is asking, since I chose not to have children, what does that mean for my karmic cycle? Yeah, so uh, since we chose not to have children, um, please uh, be mindful of, I, I really have a, a strong invitation to take a look at your past lives. Very important. Uh, because if you made that decision, there are some major karmic things that you're ending for many generations of consciousness and bloodlines. So take a look at your ancestral lineage, discover what is the pattern. What is it that you're actually ending here? There's, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful thing to discover. Um, and make sure that, you know, it doesn't end unless you break the pattern. <laughs> so remember, even if you don't have children, but you keep living the pattern, let's say it's a profound deep fear that we keep, uh, let's say the masculine is afraid of coming into their empowerment generation after generation. And now we are also experiencing that now. Um, your entire life is a replay. So we have to become aware of the pattern and break it actually. And uh, you're going to become a pioneer in the opposite direction, the empowered masculine. What does that look like? And you're going to, uh, that's actually how you really heal and begin to shift patterns. So what happens at the time of death is that because of the shadow work that you did, your vortex is spinning faster because you have relieved the blockages of your morphogenetic field and the ancestral karma that's embedded in your genetic makeup. And it allows you to, to come into a vibrational frequency that now at the time of death, the moment that you leave the body, you can travel into a higher octave that is a match to the work that you've done here. So this is, this is an opportunity for you to choose wisely. These are things that have been trained by many ancient cultures through history, uh, the practice of, of dying in a way that is productive and traveling the non-physical and the known. I also want to invite you to train lucid dreaming and make sure that you are practicing becoming aware in your dream state because that's where all the action happens, okay? That this is how you master yourself in the next level. All right, let's continue on to Donna Spencer. How do we break these karmic cycles? I don't want to pass it on to my child for any reason. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, as I was mentioning, the breaking of these patterns is essentially we become pioneers in the embodiment of love. This is basically what it comes down to. When you do the shadow work, you begin to discover that there are two main emotions, frequencies in the universe. One that is creative, Love creates life, creates children, creates um, abundance, expansion, and one that creates destruction, contraction, fear, separation, which is fear. Okay, so these two are what we are constantly choosing from. All we're doing to narrow it down is teaching ourselves the opposite of fear. That's all we're doing. So if you understand the opposite of fear and you Teach yourself to experience the opposite of fear. Now you are reprogramming your DNA. And it's a, it's a very powerful um, thing to experience because you might realize that you've never felt peace before. So sit with peace. Even if it's just an idea of what peace is, sit with it. See what Directions to Outback Steakhouse. 
Head north on Magnolia Drive and turn left at the lights. So, what are you picking up at Outback? Um, I'm sorry? Have you tried the Aussie cheese fries? Well, um... At the next light, turn right. If I had hands, I'd get them on that perfectly crispy bloomin' onion. What the... It's just another 500 feet, so close. I can almost taste that juicy Victoria's filet mignon. Well, if I could eat... Outback Steakhouse is so delicious, even your navigation system will want to bite. Let's Outback. Be free to be comfortable in your skin with Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream. This time of year, your skin may need something more. Cetaphil Moisturizing Cream is dermatologist-recommended, hydrates for 48 hours, and repairs the skin's moisture barrier in one week. It defends against dryness, irritation, and more, so you can feel comfortable to sweat, swim, travel, and live life. Cetaphil. We do skin. You do you. Your body does. How does it respond to peace? What's the next emotion that comes up? Is it, is it bliss? Is it safety? Is it love? All of that is your discovery through your emotion and nervous system that allows you to reprogram the way you experience things. And that work that you're doing is going to bleed into your lifetime. You're going to carry it into your everyday experiences. And now you have a new reference. Now you have peace as a tool in your toolbox as opposed to before you only had fear. Right. So now you you're kind of equipped. And so this is what you're going to be doing. I, I invite you to do two things. Get the chart of balanced feminine and masculine. Take a look at how you are playing out those roles and take a chart of all the possible emotions that you can ever think of. And I want you to get to know every single one of them. I want you to experience them in your body and see how they feel in for you in you. This is how you can master and break those karmic contracts. Okay, I do have to throw this in. What what if you don't get along with your family? What if what if you're estranged and and you've decided to cut your family off because of whatever reason it may be, whether it's abuse, whether it's just because you don't agree with their lifestyles or or their politics or whatever and you just decide to say, "You know what?" I'm moving in my own direction. I'm on my own. I don't want to have anything to do with my crazy brothers and sisters or my nut bar parents. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay because this is now we're breaking another level of the contract agreement. And the thing is that we have, we're, we're deeply programmed to believe that we're married to our family, just the way we're married to our DNA, but we're not. And this is the, the hardest illusion to break. Remember that our family members are made up of other humans that are also learning how to embody love, that are also learning how to transcend limiting belief systems and breaking karmic cycles for their own journey. And we often don't want to give them that. We think, hey, you're a mother. You have to be on this pedestal. You have to do all the roles that a mother, mother is supposed to do, be nurturing, love unconditionally, all these things. But that's this poor mother never had that in her life. How can she provide that for you? But we have this very profound expectation, right? So we need to break these illusions that are created and embedded into us uh, a lot by social, uh, social engineering, by um, uh you know, uh, films, Disney, the entertainment industry, religion. But the problem is that they imposed inverted, inverted representations of these roles. In fact, if we were to be able to really 
embody the divine feminine. It wouldn't look anything like what we're being shown on TV or on these screens. It would be someone that is very neutral, very connected, very mindful and compassionate. And both men and women, uh, let's say the both, uh, both of these feminine and masculine energies are going to be similar and neutral and co-supportive. It's not going to be like completely embodied gender roles of any kind that we're familiar with. Okay. So this, yeah, so, so it, it just completely breaks down into something different that we, we're just learning about now. Okay, so let me reverse this. Let's say you're the parent and you can't stand your kids or, or one of your kids. Now, that sounds sad, okay, and it is. But what, you know, hey, children, as they grow, they maybe they learn from a, a, a in a divorce situation, they take one side over the other, you know, because they've been, maybe been mismanaged or manipulated and they have decided that you're the root of all evil as a, as a parent and you've just had enough of them and being their, their, uh, their, how can I put it? Their, their whipping person, you know, the, their, their, uh, punching bag their their uh speaker for them to yell at you all the time i mean what if you just can't stand your kid does does that pass everything on (laughs) yes um and the funny thing is that you know it's 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 complex because we we essentially are receiving everything that we haven't healed within ourselves It's being magnified back to us. When we choose to have children, children are not about procreation. This this world uh, is self-sustaining a matrix through the procreation program. But what that means, how does it become sustained, is that we're sustaining matrix programming by inheriting it through generations. When we choose to break those, and we create conscious children, it's a completely different genetic structure. It's a child that has activated DNA, intuitive, and they are more in alignment and connection to their source. Um, There are specific ways to create these kinds of children that require personal cultivation of human. Um, But let's say we don't do that. When we have children, the children, when we have children unconsciously and unprepared, unhealed, the child will always trigger the parent into its most powerful healing. And it's going to do it through the law of accident. What is the law of accident? The law, the karmic law is that it begins to trigger the deepest shadow points that we haven't healed. And usually they're the deepest wounds that we carry on from our parent. So abandonment, abandonment feelings, feelings of not being loved, not being worthy, not being good enough, all of those things are going to be highlighted and flared up by the child because they actually subconsciously feel resentful for not receiving that as a child from you. It's something that we lacked to provide the child. So, you know, it's very, there's many layers to this, but essentially to, to give you an overall view, um, when we heal ourselves, you will no longer be triggered by the child and the child will feel that you shift in the way that you respond. So if you, you know, you're not respond, but if you, when you heal, you're also going to be able to see beyond the reaction, this terrible reaction at what the child needs. What are they asking for? 
Are they asking for communication? Are they asking for love, affection, attention, validation? What is it? So when you see that and you have the compassion enough to hold your space, you'll be able to give that person what they really need. And it will lessen this unnecessary reaction demand that they that the child might have. Now, you need to have a lot of patience because obviously, you know, these can be very testing experiences um, and we can never be attached to any outcome. We're not doing it in order to, to preserve our safety or our uh, sense of peace. That is inherent part of you. You have an inherent part of peace that never gets um, moved, even if the child goes crazy, you know. So this is kind of part of this mastery that we are being invited to do, I guess. Well, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We got 30 seconds. I was going to get to another question here, but I will hold off on these ones until we return. And once again, you are providing some seriously great information for our audience tonight. You know, I was trying to get some aliens in. I don't know if I will have time. That may have to wait till next month. But Geraldina Roscoe from Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco. Her website, GeraldinaRoscoe.com. God, we're so blessed to have her here. We are. Once a month, she comes on in and just delights us with her soul and her veganism. You know, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. (laughs) I love Geraldine. Yes, I do. And that's why we continue the spiritual you when we return on Spaced Out Radio. We're halfway through the show already. Hard to believe. We'll continue with the second half right after this. Stay tuned. Oh, I love you. I do. <laughs> love you too, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, 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 So what else is new? Not much. It's going to be a big, exciting year. Lots of uh, projects going on. So where are you doing your Las Vegas thing? Do you have your plan? We, you got, it at, out, or? we got it at the Golden Nugget. And oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> this is who we have coming so oh, far, cool. yeah. bear with me here. Uh, where did I put it? Okay. So for people who are wanting to show up, uh, paranormal-wise, we have our good friend Merle. We're still working on a couple more paranormal people. From the Hoodoo Tall documentary, we have Jurgen Hess and Damien J. Uh, Bigfoot researchers, Carter Bouchard, Nate Rudd, Corey Rudd. The Cryptid World, we see Varla Ventura, Bigfoot Rob, Brian Bowden, and the Crypto Guru, Ronald Murphy. From the UFO World, we have Tom Whitmore, Science Bob. We have Intuitive Lala Bright. We have Katie Page, Joe Mergia, Tim Senor, Michael Schratt, Melinda Leslie, Misha Johnson, Grant Cameron, Jim Goodall, Ben and Joe from the UFO Garage, from the UAP Studies Podcast, Louie and Jason, Steve Stockton from Missing Persons Mysteries, and maybe the Swamp Dweller will be making an appearance as well. Wow. So so we have a ton of people showing up all to hang out. So we would love to have you as well. I would love to be there, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a a great, great experience. And uh, people who uh, have uh, who want the VIP, they we do have a VIP package. 
Otherwise, it's six. The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounder. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. $60 for the weekend to hang on out. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Or, or 100 bucks if you want the VIP package. And Geraldine, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here because you literally attend more than a handful of conferences every year. You know how expensive those are. And you've just heard our lineup. Our lineup, I'll tell you, is better than any conference out there. Any I mean, conference. it's amazing. I can't believe it's $60, even $100. That's incredible <laughs> for a weekend. Right. How fun. How wonderful, right? Dave. Thank and, you for and then, and then you get to hang out with people. So if there are people out there, and let's say Geraldine is there, and Geraldine and I are hanging out, and you're like, hey, guys, let's go. For, have you done lunch yet? We're going to be like, hell yeah, let's go for lunch. Or let's yeah. go for dinner. Or let's, you know, go pull some slots or whatever it may be, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're all there to hang out with our listeners. And, and when I put this together last year, that is what my, my, you know, never mind going live on YouTube for seven hours. Uh, this year we were live for three hours last year, three and a half hours. Uh, but never mind all of that. What's really cool for me was seeing our listeners who had the, ability to um, meet up with some of their uh, heroes that they've only heard of on documentaries or on podcasts or radio shows. Mm -hmm. And this is such a good way for people to, to uh, come on in and hang out and get photographs and, and everything because everything is free. You know, once yeah, you're once you're in amazing. there, you know, I mean, if you want to go for the sky watch after the YouTube show, you go. And by the way, if you can't make it, the YouTube show is free. I'm not like other people. I won't put it behind a paywall. OK, because I remember those days when I was a college student listening to Coast to Coast AM and I missed a segment that I wanted, but I couldn't afford the 10 bucks a month uh, to to go to uh, uh, get the archives so I could re-listen to it. I never had that that money. And that has always stuck with me regarding our archives or our live shows. They are always free. I don't care what wow. we do in the future. Our archives will never be behind a paywall, ever. And uh, that is the one rule that I have told my team. And trust me, the topic has been discussed, and I just adamantly no, 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 we are not doing that. So if you can't make uh, make it live, uh, you can watch it live on your YouTube. Hi, Mundo Anamalo. Thank you for coming on in. Rain, good to see you. Uh, who else hopped in here while I was uh, speaking? Um, Atlantis is found. Good to see you, buddy. And I want to say thank you tonight to Pam, Monica, Louie times two, Carlito, Vaughn, Cat. 
and Mike for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love, everybody. And uh, we got a great list of people coming to Vegas. We want to see you there May 19th through 21st. And uh, here we go with the final half hour with Geraldine. Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we say hello to Geraldina Roscoe as she comes on in for The Spiritual You. It's a show we've been doing together for seven years, seven years now, and we love that Geraldine is with us again tonight. Geraldine's website is is GeraldineRosco.com. Geraldine, thank you so much for joining us. So awesome to be here. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Uh, Geraldine, we're going to continue with some audience questions here. And let's get to Christine. She's asking, Geraldine, have you seen any crafts or beings lately? And thank you for your daily meditations. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to hear you like them. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, actually, New Year's, New Year's Eve? No, New, yeah, New Year's Eve, which I think was Saturday, right? Um, yeah, I was driving, and I saw the most beautiful falling star, and I pulled over, and I was up in a mountainous area, so I was like, it was beautiful. You could see the sky so clear, and there were two little lights right after the falling star, two little lights that shot up and were blinking like one after the other. And I communicated and I said, you know, Hey, you know, what's, what's the message? You know, this is obviously a new year sighting. And um, yeah, there was a response. There was a response. I would ask them to, I asked them a question and they would flare up and I would say, you know, connect with me again and they would flare up. So it was, it was really beautiful. And that night um, I woke up at three, three, three in the morning and I had this incredible channeling that I wrote down, you know, in my in my notebook. It was it was incredible. So I think that um, the communication is strong, and it was beautiful to have it on New Year's Eve because it's kind of like an invitation to this new year and you know the alignments and what we're going to be doing this new year. So it was it was a blessing. I could see that. The, you know, I haven't seen a craft since Canadian Thanksgiving at the beginning of October. And, and I am, you know, that one still bugs me because I knew it was, I knew it was listening to me. It wouldn't let me pull (laughs) it because the minute I went to pull out my phone to take a picture of it, the bottom two lights of the triangle disappeared. And then the third top one faded out. I'm like, you jerks, you complete jerks, (laughs) you know? But, but at least you saw it. That's all that matters. It's all you. Oh, me and my buddy saw it. Me and my buddy. Oh, there you go. Even better. 
Yeah, that, that was that was kind of cool. You know, do you believe though? I want to ask you this question before we get to some more. Do you believe that yeah. you know, with your contact, that you have the ability personally to summon craft? Um, you know, I have, I have done that, um, but it just reinforces my belief about what ETs are. <laughs> Um, I, my, my belief is that very much, it's a very personal thing, uh, in, in some ways. And we manifest the connections to interdimensionality through our field. And I think that those of us that have been activated, let's, let's say we unite together to do a CE5. All of us are vibrating at a certain vibrational frequency. Therefore, we align with the vision of this dimension that allows us to see so I really think that it's something that happens from the inside out. And, and you know, we are we are activating and ascending collectively. So more people will be seeing, I think, more more things now. Right. I hope so. I really, yeah. mm-hmm. I really do hope so. All right. Let's go to Terry mm-hmm. here. Terry is asking, what effect does this retrograde have on us? Well, you know, uh, any because we are in an interconnected universe in in a morphogenetic field any movement of large celestial bodies will affect us so retrogrades uh are connected to the electromagnetic field um in that it usually will slow down communications subconscious communications communications of technology the way that life force is moving uh, at the speed of light, essentially, it kind of interferes those electronic and electromagnetic networks. So that's kind of what that is. But, you know, I also have experienced personally that we can transcend uh, our astrological signs and we can, uh, we can transcend the effects of these celestial bodies as well. The more we come into a neutral zero point state, you will be less negatively affected by these things. Um, and and in any case, whatever the retrograde is bringing for you specifically, uh, whatever it's triggering in you, that's an opportunity to heal that part that is being triggered. So I, I like to think of these retrogrades as an opportunity to see in our chart what house is being triggered, what is it, what's the lesson, what are you going to be tested on, and to just be aware and mindful, and that way you can work through this kind of uh, movement. All right, let's continue on here because you know what? Before I continue on, I got to ask you: I have a real tough time believing in this whole retrograde stuff. I mean, does is it actually? Is it really out there? I mean, does it really happen, or are we just looking for excuses because you know we we're just fed up? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean. Because we are in an interconnected system, you know, planets do have an effect on our field for sure. But again, just like everything, we can transcend that and we can choose to be affected and choose not to be affected. So if you don't believe in it, it's not going to affect you in a way that is really going to uh, shift you out of, out of your, out of your, you know, specific thing but if you start to have if you start to have troubles with technology or communication you know why because it does it does seem to affect i i every year in retrograde uh it happens even though i don't invest a lot of time believing in that i still observe it in myself and others sometimes so it's just uh it's just the way that the nature works i think all right Uh, i'm buying it for you 
I'm buying that <laughs> off you. Let's go to Blue Cruise. Does reincarnation have any relation to the E.T. alien soul trap? Yes, absolutely. But in a sense that uh, E.T.s and aliens, how do we experience E.T.s and aliens? We are experiencing a projection of our own alien DNA, which is encoded in our base blueprint. The reason why we can even interact with certain ET races is because we have that in our DNA and it becomes expressed in order for us to experience and navigate that. Uh, we are essentially experiencing different manifestations of life force in different uh, dimensions and vibrational frequencies, which are in resonance to you. So what does that mean? A lot of ET contact is also intergenerational, which means that if mother was in the hybridization program with certain beings and groups, so was grandma, so was great-great-grandma. So we see that in the generations. Um, and we're seeing that by studying many accounts of families that are having reoccurring contact uh, in their family circles. And then they see their children having contact uh, interactions. Okay. So, um, the karmic cycle essentially is any kind of parasitic imbalanced exchanges, just the way we have karma cause and effect that causes suffering. Um, we, we essentially are in resonance to experience these interdimensional beings and we can break the karmic contracts that we have with these beings by shifting our vibrational frequency in order to not be in alignment with these races. And mind you, every single human on this planet is a cocktail of DNA. And is it because we are frequency, because we are light, uh, the many ranges of the color of the spectrum of the rainbow represent any species, ranges of species and vibrational frequencies that are manifested in our in our multiverse, in our universe. So everything from, let's say, the deepest, darkest draconian, reptilian, to the highest vibrational angelic light being, you have that DNA in your makeup. You are made up of all of those ranges in different amounts that are accessible to you based on what you activate in your DNA. So the idea of the reincarnation cycle of ET's trap um, is only true in the sense that we come to the earth three-dimensional plane to experience duality and in duality there's always going to be uh, opportunity to experience light and dark any anything any human any et any being that embodies shadow or darkness or the inversion of nature is essentially using manipulation and utilizing tactics in order to become parasitic so this can be any race. It doesn't matter if it looks like an angel. It doesn't matter if it looks like a demon. They can em embrace in parasitic exchanges. This is true because a lot of people have uh, ET contact with beings that their screen images are, let's say, Jesus or something like this. And then they are experiencing something that is kind of an imbalanced exchange. Even if it's channeled information that is being given. Um, it has to be looked at extremely carefully because sometimes the information that people channel is kind of embedded with inversions of truth that cause deception and that cause confusion to humanity. So these are the ways that we are learning kind of nascent in this in interdimensional contact, how to discern 
and interact with ETs and in the discernment process to learn how to access information that is actually in the light and co-creative as opposed to inversion of nature. Okay, so it requires our mastery in navigation and in breaking those contracts, both physically and interdimensionally. Incredible. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Alexander. Geraldine, what does it mean to incarnate into a heavily traumatized lineage? Yeah. Hi, Alex. So good to see you. Say hi to Veronica. Um, okay, so how do we incarnate in a traumatized lineage? What does it mean? Okay, so uh, first of all, I will say this in a way where let's keep our egos where they need to be. Um, but what I have experienced with working with hundreds of people is that the beings that have activated heightened states of, of, of vibrational frequency, let's say they were up to a level of magis, masters of energy, and then fell down to a low point somehow because they, they weren't able to transcend something. These are the beings that will incarnate next lifetime into these kind of traumatic experiences again in order to be able to transcend these limitations. So if you come into a family with severe trauma, severe trauma, uh, take a look at the nature of the trauma. What is mostly inverted? Is it the feminine or the masculine that's being inverted in, in the bloodline? It'll be pretty clear. This will tell you about what your weakness was and what you keep repeating. Let me give you a quick, simple example. Let's say in the past life, you were an incredible sorcerer, but you mistrusted yourself and then your ego came in and you misused your power. Okay, so now you incarnate in a family where there's tremendous abuse. Okay, and uh, the mother is abusive, all kinds of things. The father's abusive. Um, you are able to transcend that. You are highly intuitive. Um, your job is to learn how to trust yourself and to be able to transcend the illusion of this suffering in order to come back into this heightened cultivation of your mastery and energy and life force and intuition. Okay, so this is kind of like an example of how these kinds of lineages work and how you can work to break them by coming into awareness and once again, neutral, zero point. Okay, remember that we are, this is kind of a, an illusion, the holograph in which we live in. And once we can see that, we can quickly move through into a higher state of being and let go of that trauma. So it's, it, in other words, your emotions, you are not your emotions, you are not your trauma, you are not your past lives, you're everything and nothing simultaneously. That's the key to understand. And you're not the trauma of your family. Even though you may, Correct. you know, you may have a, a bad family name, you know, or or something along those lines. I mean, look at all these people out there who uh, maybe have a brother or sister who is convicted, convicted violent or heinous crimes. I mean, there's something uh, to be said that, you know, that burden shouldn't be carried on the person who is is, uh, you know, even though they're related it shouldn't be carried by the person who is, you know, trying to, you know, or has nothing to do with that situation. You know what I'm saying? It's not their karma. It's not their journey. That's right. And uh, we have these kinds of family members in order to learn love and compassion because we discover that those that ha create heinous uh, uh, villainous uh, 
activities, for example, um, they are a result of the same kinds of heinous activities towards themselves. They have endured severe trauma. Uh, so they're only repeating what they know. So it allows us to learn compassion when we have these in our bloodline. And it also means that we have an incredible ability to hold space for the family lineage, transcending into a place of neutrality. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Dave. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to another uh, question here. This one from underscore Maddie. Do you believe we choose our names before we're born? My mom got my name from a dream that she had. I never knew anybody would name their kid underscore. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yes, mine did too. I went through like 20 different names before they landed on, on Geraldine. I think it was like mid-year. I think I, I, it took them a year to pick a name. Um, but yes, you know, names, you see, there's this entire study. Uh, I, I invite you to read a book by Manfred Siegfried. Don't quote me on that, but his book is called Centix. And it's about how sound and frequency create certain shapes and forms. And it's the foundation of how language was created, but also the way our DNA produces the information in order to create this physical vessel and the way it's going to look. Okay. So the beauty about that is that your name is encoded with frequency that creates your, your essence. And people that change their names you know, are embodying a new, a new essence. That's why a lot of people sometimes in the spiritual community, they end up creating spiritual names um, with the idea that they're going to embody the traits of this new form of this new frequency. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that um, as in everything, this is my opinion that we can transcend even the effects of that and the mind over the matter above, above all, because even our name is encoded with lessons that we are transcending and learning how to overcome, as well as tools, really empowering tools. The meaning of your name can provide a lot of support for you in your journey. So, what if you change your name? Yeah, same thing. You can you can get support, and you can get also the negative traits of of the name because words have very powerful meaning. They create everything we speak is affecting every word that I say affects people that are here, thoughts, things that are being typed in the chat, affect us all, take us all into different states of frequency collectively. So The friendship is sharing deal. Because I want one of your McNuggets. And I need some of your quarter pounders. There's a deal for everyone at McDonald's. Get one favorite like 10-piece chicken McNuggets, a quarter pounder, or a Big Mac and get another for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That's why being mindful is really important because we can either be co-creative or destructive. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, let's go to another question here. Let's go to Siobhan. Bet she didn't think I would pronounce her name properly, but I you did. Said it wrong. I actually just learned that yesterday. Siobhan. Yeah. 
I didn't know that in poor Siobhan, I'm calling her the wrong name and I, I love her. I know her for, for a while now. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Way back when in high school, I had a crush on a girl named Siobhan. Oh, no wonder you know. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Siobhan, it's funny though, Siobhan actually looks like my pen pal named Amy that I met at Disneyland when I was 17 years old. Wow, interesting. Yes, it's kind of, maybe they're related, okay. I don't know. But yeah. Well, uh, what's Siobhan's question here? How do the dark controllers identify certain souls upon arrival when we ourselves can't remember when entering the Matrix? Well, that that in itself is exactly kind of like helping you understand how to answer the question itself. Um, what is the dark controllers, essentially? Well, we are the dark controllers um, because wherever, however much shadow we have not identified within us overpowers us. In fact, we become the slaves of our shadows. We become the slaves of our fears. Uh, our entire life is a product of avoiding the shadow. Um, and that's actually where we cause ourselves the most harm. So, um, of course, there are networks of shadow that we participate and build into. Let's say the human trafficking system of society. We don't understand the intricacies of that, but there are many industries that we might think are innocent, but actually contribute to these systems and supporting them, including drugs, pharmaceuticals, uh, some foods that we're eating, political choices, all are participating and interconnected. And we don't know that until we become aware and we learn and then we bring light to those things. So this is how we move ourselves from contributing to shadows or controllers into sovereignty, where we can uh, kind of begin to govern ourselves and, you know, mastery over the self. Um, but we are always interconnected in a network of co-creation. So the more that we become aware, conscious, awake, the more we can choose consciously outside of the program of the matrix. The matrix reincarnation cycle is anytime we fall back asleep into a state of hypnosis and are repeating karmic patterns. So break karmic patterns and you're breaking your ability to become controlled and manipulated by anything, yourself, your shadows, or any, any larger negative manipulation. That's incredible. That is just incredible. I mean, are those dark forces really pushing that hard? Um, you know what, I think in the same way that there's darkness, there's always light. And I think we just, it just depends on where our perspective is focused, that we don't see that there's always balance in the universe. If there wasn't balance, this entire thing would blow up and we would fall apart. But nature is so powerfully intelligent, just the way in your body, when you cultivate cancer, let's say you have cancer, but you keep having negative emotions to create more environment for cancer, you're going to die essentially, right? So you begin to kind of change the direction of your health uh, and the environment that you're creating, and then the results change. So we have to uh, change our contribution to the environment that we create for, for that. That is great. It's all about you, once again, having to make that change, having to... Yeah take the strength to do that. I love that. Right. I, I completely love yeah. that. I know there is another question here that I am missing. Hold on. Give me just one second here. 
Oh, I hate when I do this. Oh, you know what? We may not have time because we only have about a minute left here. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me put it this way. Oh, here it is. Uh, Geraldine, do you think I have manifested this Taurus constellation? There is a protostar L1527 that is splitting the letters of my name from portals. Is this a manifestation, you think? Wow, that's cool. Well, uh, oh God, how can I answer this? Um, I would take a look at what that star is doing and where it's located, the constellations that it's next, and the frequency that those constellations represent. Um, because it'll help you understand in your own astrological sign what part of your areas of your subconscious mind you need to work on. Okay? Um, take a look at where that star is located in your chart. And uh, it'll highlight something that's being activated for you. So that this is how I would use this information in a way that can help you transcend or become aware of something. Um, yeah. Geraldine? Did you manifest it? No, I think that, that your entire that existence perfect. is a manifestation. You're, yeah, you're a great manifestation of Spaced Out Radio. We are so <laughs> glad that you come here once a month. We will talk to you at the beginning of February. We love you. GeraldineRosco.com is Geraldine's website. We will see her soon. Once again, coming up next, we're heading to the swamp. And then Super Duke will be here with the Cryptid Report. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Thank you, Geraldine. Much love. Thank you, guys. Love you very much. Have an amazing day. And thank you to uh, both Caitlin and Atlantis for the super chats and everybody else. I'll get to them a little bit later. But Geraldine, much love. Uh, We'll talk soon, and uh, I'll get you some information about Vegas, okay? All right. Much love. See you soon. Bye-bye. Geraldine Orozco, everybody. All right. second here i'll be right back guys
Alright, I am back. Did my chair move? Anybody? Did my chair move? I want to say a big thank you tonight to Caitlin Atlantis, Louis Times 3, Jenny, Maddie, Dutch UFO, Pam, Monica, Mike, Cat Chaser, Vaughn, and Carlito for the super chats. Thank you so much for the love. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so, so much. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Don't forget Vegas. We want to see you all there. We do. Yeah, we do. Come on, join us. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth, hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Vaticinal. Vaticinal is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Yeah, it is that time of the night. Where we head to the swamp, our resident swamp dweller takes us on a spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hello Swamp Dweller, I have listened to your videos for about four years now, so I decided to share my Dogman story. I will give some background detail on this story to start. To start, I am a 13-year-old female, and I live in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan around the Morsing Marquette area, and a side note, I live on Native American land far back in the woods. This story took place in about mid-August this year. I had invited one of my friends over. At the time, she lived on a road we call Old Indian Town Road. I'm not a native, but have always felt some spirituality like natives. I consider myself a psychic, so my friend, who I will call Chloe, was doing teenage everyday things. Eventually, she got bored, and we decided that we would go and see some cool things by ourselves. We got on our bikes and decided to ride them around. I am the most athletic of my friends. I play many sports and work out daily. Eventually, we met up with some other friends and got tired of riding up and down the short road we lived on. 
It got to the point where only three of us remained. In the beginning, there were around eight or nine of us in total. At this point, it was around 9.30pm, I have always been terrified of the dark. So, at this given point, I started to get uneasy naturally. I wouldn't say I liked being surrounded by thick woods on either side at 10 o'clock at night either. So, we started making our way back up the road. The road is on a relatively steep hill, steep enough to where most people can't bike up without the struggle, even myself. I bike frequently, but I was tired from biking all day. So I strolled up the hill with my youngest person in the group right beside me. She started to get uneasy as well. The other friend was far behind us. He isn't a believer in anything supernatural. He was at the bottom of the hill and we were near the halfway point. Suddenly the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I thought I was being paranoid at first, until I had the sudden strange feeling to look to my right. I suddenly snapped my head in that direction. My friend from behind me was looking down, talking to me about something, so she didn't notice me stop. We were on the far left of the road, and on the right there was a drop that ran down very far deep into the woods. Very tall pine trees were filling that deep trench. The woods were so thick you couldn't see the ground in the makeshift track. When I looked over though, I saw a tall skinny figure looking at me while clinging to one of those incredibly tall pine trees. It almost looked like an emaciated werewolf, but worse than its appearance was what it was doing. It swayed back and forth in the tree, almost like a big cat, with large, orange eyes blinking at me occasionally. That's when my friend noticed I had stopped. She asked me what was wrong, and I didn't say anything. I didn't want to freak out anyone. I just started walking even faster. My guy friend was still at the bottom of the hill. My other friend and I were almost at the top. I had the worst feeling continuously washing over me. My guy friend finally noticed how far ahead we were and booked it to catch up with us. When we returned to my house, I told them what we saw. The girl behind me agreed that she didn't see what I saw but definitely felt uneasy when she saw me looking to the right and then speeding up. Nothing more happened that night but the next day I was walking over to my next door neighbor's house. I was walking over to the girl who was with me when it all happened. That day, she and I rode our bikes and talked about it the night before. It was a lovely day, so we rode our bikes until the sunset again. At one point, I went back to my house to grab something. Walking on the trail to get to her house, I got hit with a sense of dread. That's when she met me, and she started running with me because she felt it too. When we broke out of the tree line into her backyard, we heard a scream that sent us bolting toward her house. And that concludes my story. Uh, Swamp Dweller doing it again here on Spaced Out Radio, where he takes us on a spooky journey to kick off the third hour of this show every Monday through Friday night. And we love him for it. Hey, if you want to hear Swamp Dweller stories on your own, on your own time, he's got a couple of good things going. He's got a live feed going on 24-7 as well. You can sign up for his channel, get all of his stories for free. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. It's all right there for you. From the swamp to the forests, let's head over to Super Duke. It's World Bigfoot Radio. And where is your intro, Super Duke? I just redid this. Hold on. Hold on a second here. Why do we not have Super Duke's intro? See, I, I this sucks because I totally went and changed it today. I totally went and changed Super Duke's uh, information. Where did I put it now? Hold on. I got to find this now. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Let's do this now.
I bet you this works. Ah, the technicalities of what we have to do to be on radio. Hmm. Well, let's try this once again. Let's uh, that Super Duke file. All right, there it is. Let's get this in here. All right. Let's, uh, oh, yeah, it's not going to let me. One second. I, I'm building the suspense right now. Totally building the suspense. I know. I know. So let's try this. I got to get this right because, like I said, I changed the intro today. And I got to make sure it works. And it's not working. Son of a gun. Do I want to delete that track? Yes. So now... I know what we got to do. Super Duke, I'm just going to bring you in here for right now. I, I do have intro music for you. I do. Uh, <laughs> it's okay, Dave. I'm back here in the green room laughing oh, my butt off. You know, I, I worked hard on getting this because I told you coming in from the new year that I was going to have a new intro for you. And I'm building this up. And I'm like, I'm like pumped up. I'm like, yeah, Super Duke, we're going to get you that intro. And now... And now it's not even there. Now it's not even there. Hold on, hold on. Let's see if this works. Super you, super you, the credit report with super you. There we go. We got it in there. Now I feel so much better. Oh. I don't know what the heck happened there, man. I don't. <laughs> How do you like the new intro? This is why I don't do live shows. It's great, Dave. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. <laughs> yeah, I figured I would add the Super Duke in there just to make it more personal. That's awesome. It's uh, very awesome. Thanks. Thanks for your extra work and love, Dave. And it sounds suitably psychedelic, too. So oh, yeah. That part well, of it. well, I kept the music. I kept the music in there because I actually went looking for new music. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, Glad to be here by Bumblefoot is really what kind of sets the tone because you know, people can't see us on radio, but we're like, do, 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 moving our hands around and dancing away. So here. Super you, super you, the credit report with super you. So I just 
just added in a little voice there, you know. It works for me, man. <laughs> I hope it works That's for you. That's the amazing Ron Bumblefoot fall on guitar. Oh, yeah. 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 How you doing, buddy? How was your new year? Oh, it was pretty relaxing. This whole week hasn't been too bad. And finally managed to get a hold of some of the guests that I've been trying to get on the show for a while and got a couple of them lined up. It looks like uh, this weekend it's going to be the return of Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization's own Kelly Shaw to my show. Excellent. Excellent. Say hi to Kelly for us. Definitely will. be getting some updates with him. Anybody that missed it, he turned out uh, one of his videos this week where he got a call to go to uh, where there had been a sighting and it was right near where he had a bunch of game cams anyway, and he needed to service them. So he went, Oh, convenient excuse. I'll go see if there's anything prowling around. There's snow up there. I might be able to find tracks and I have to service my game cams. So he heard some whoops. I don't know if he found any tracks or not. He didn't include those in the video if he did. And um, the pictures that it, he had serviced the game cam are really cool. One of them, there's this buck, this good sized buck that's hanging around by the game cam. There's like five, six shots of them in a row. So he's, kind of hanging around there for a while and he gets over on the left hand side of it and he's looking the same direction as the game cam and it goes off and you're figuring okay he moved his head and then like it must have been the very next thing he triggered it again but this time he's got his head up and he's craning it forward and what he's looking at is a white orb and i went through you know this is a game cam it's stationary i looked at every other picture from all the seasons that it had taken no white orb just that one picture. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That is very cool. So the other day I walk out of my house, Duke, and you know, I'm in the middle of nature and I, I look out the window and I've got this beautiful little doe hanging out in my front yard. I open up the door to say hello to her. And here is this buck, this giant buck <laughs> right behind her. He's still got his four-point antlers that are sticking out about a foot and a half off his head. And he's staring at me like, hey, man, that's my doe. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, hey, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just hanging out. And I said, would you like an apple? So I got this guy. Nice. A nice apple. I'm just, for our radio audience, I got a picture of it up on our YouTube screen. He's just a gorgeous, gorgeous, healthy male. And uh, so he was pretty happy with the apple that I gave him. And then I wasn't hitting on his girl. You know, I mean, that would be odd at the best of times. But, <laughs> you know, because you don't want any of that happening. But, you know, it's just one of those things that that is, uh, you know, I, I was pretty happy. It, it, honestly, I, I was thinking right then and there that I was in some sort of uh, Jägermeister type of mood, you know, having to see that guy in his antlers, you know. So it uh, it worked for me. It worked for me. Well, for those that missed it, on uh, the Sunday, I did the uh, year-end wrap-up. Robin McRae co-hosted with me, and we did the good, the bad, and the ugly. The highs, the lows, the creamy nougat middle of 2022. And covered a whole lot of ground. And Dave Scott got two mentions. Oh, thank uh, you. One one for his tirades against the BFRO, which I did a short version of and credited you. And then the other one was, the, uh, of course, you finding a new research area and actually getting to see one right away. And uh, well done. You know, there's a lot of supposed researchers that can't do that in that quick amount of time. So well done on that. Anybody else that missed it, go ahead, check it out. And basically from this spring's... Um, somebody gave us the idea that 
we really need to like make an awards show. So we've already got an artist working on the awards and we're going to be getting the audience to give their opinions on who should get the awards for what, and then we'll have a vote on it. And then it'll go to the, uh, the final judging round and make the decision on who actually wins what, which thankfully I have nothing to do with. Uh, hold on. You, you used my audio. I'm going to have to strike you for that. <sighs> no, no, I just, I memorized it. I gave the short, I gave the reader's digest version of your 20 minute tirade. Oh, I'm it took just... me about three sentences. <laughs> I, I'm just teasing, brother. You know, I wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't do that to the old super duke. Yeah. Super Duke. No, that's part of my job. Take really long stories and condense them into two or three sentences. So you go, wait, what? <laughs> right? Yeah, you got all the essential information. I just cut out all all the grist in between that you're going to get bored listening to because you're the TikTok generation. Oh, no. But, maybe. yep, uh, last time I was on, we were talking about the um, studies and stuff that were going on. And I can reveal more on the one that I obliquely mentioned was going on over in Wales where they had Dr. Igor Burtsev from the Department of Hominology in Moscow do an interview with them. And then they're trying to find more people that have actually interacted with Bigfoot for this study that they're doing. So, of course, Igor immediately told them that they need to get a hold of Robin. So they've already gotten a hold of Robin, and apparently they've set up to do an interview with her, too. And now she told me today that she told them they should get a hold of me. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Don't be dragging me <laughs> into any overseas foreign studies. I'm not an interactor anyway. And she's like, yes, you are. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not talking to them often or anything. They're like going to be after work. you. They're going to be <sighs> after you. Me. Whatever. I just thought that was hilarious. But yeah, at least, you know, somebody's doing a study on it. Somebody's trying to actually talk to the people that have had the interactions. And, you know, this is something that you've talked about with the UFO world that also needs to happen. You need to start taking the people that have had these experiences seriously and start talking to them. Oh, I, I and I think you hit the nail on the head there. You, you completely hit the nail on the head. And, and you know, I, I, you know, I want to say something in regards to the fact that you brought up uh, the BFRO. I wouldn't know that story that the BFRO was actually uh, taking reports and uh, and editing them because they contained what they considered woo or nothing uh, scientific. And to me, that was a great disappointment to learn in, in 2022 uh, because of the fact that, that I mean, Duke... When you when you take money from people like they do for membership and you are skewing the numbers okay you are skewing the numbers to make them look better for you that is dangerous my friend that is very very dangerous okay and i don't like that i don't find that very comfortable uh, you know, hey, it's one thing if you want to use scientific method. That's great. We all encourage that. We all do. We all encourage that everybody in this field should have a real uh, thick sense of skepticism on their own. You don't need to announce that you're a skeptic. You don't need to go overboard with skepticism. But you have to be able to 
tell what is wrong from what is right. I think that's just everyday life. But when you are skewing your numbers and then you are promoting those numbers as factual evidence, that is wrong. That is sinister. That is something that is very, very uh, distrusting of the field and should not be able to go on. And anybody out there who is a member of the BFRO listening to this and you are putting up with that, and haven't called it out, shame on you. There is no excuse for that. No excuse for fudging numbers because of opinion. The facts are the facts or what the report says. That's like a police report holding out certain information and people getting wrongly convicted. It's the same thing. Exactly. When we had the Bigfoot wrap-up at the end of last year and we had Robert Boston, Bigfoot in Germany, on here, he's a prime example of that. The guy was a military operator. He was used to filing reports of after action, which is done just like a police report. It's excruciatingly detailed. And his first encounter in the Sierras, that's the kind of report that he gave to the BFRO. And it was about three pages long. And then sometime later, they altered it. And one of his friends told him, hey, they changed your report. And he went, what? And he went and looked at it. It was a lot shorter. A lot of details were left out. Then the last time he just checked it now, he said it's down to two paragraphs, which basically don't make any sense uh, because they took out so many of the details. The details are what is important in the story. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You cannot do that whatsoever. Well, what's the excuse for it? It isn't like, you know, it's the mid-1800s and paper's expensive and hard to get, so you write a short version of it. This is the Internet age. You can have as many damn words as you want on any report that comes out. It could be book-sized. It wouldn't make any difference. Why aren't you keeping all the details in there? Who are you to think that you know better than everybody else on what's important details and what aren't important details? And who are you to tell... Okay, whether or not my story is real or not. You're you're not that person. You're not that guy. You can't you weren't there. Nope. You weren't you weren't there. So who are you to tell me that my story is fake? If I see a UFO, if I if I see a UFO while I'm having a Sasquatch encounter, that's what happened. You don't leave it out on my report just to make yourself look better. Okay? Mm -hmm. You don't. It's not the way it works. No, I mean, flat out changing details, you know. The the original report said that they saw an orb also and that the uh, Bigfoot simply faded away. It didn't walk off or anything. It just sort of faded away, dematerialized or something. And that's the kind of details that they leave out. They'll put the report in. They'll leave out all the woo-woo details of it. Yeah. The observer is good enough to give you a report of something that they saw and you believe that part of it, but you don't believe all the details they're telling you. Right. Or you're pers- purposely censoring them for some reason because you're running an agenda. Which one is it, boys? Yeah. So what's the agenda? Why do that? It doesn't need to be done. It does mm. not need to be done. And if you're going to do that, and if you're going to make a mockery of your own statistics that you pride yourself on, shame on you. Shame. Yeah, and the most, uh, you know, 
but backwards part of the whole thing is that they're doing this to be sciencey and deleting anything in the data set from a report is the furthest thing from being sciencey. Absolutely. I would love to debate that. I would love to debate that with somebody from the BFRO and and make sure that they understand how much in the wrong they are. Now, they'll never admit it, okay? They'll never admit it. And and we got to remember, people, there are good people in the BFRO. There are. But how, yeah. how it's the people who are making the decision, so the board of directors, that are the ones that cause the problems with this. And if they can't see through it, that's a big issue for the rest of the UFO, I mean, the Bigfoot and Sasquatch community. Totally agree with Dave. Some of the most uh, amazing Bigfoot researchers I've had on my show have been originally BFRO researchers. And the reason they're not anymore is because of what was going on with how they were saving the data and what they were doing with it. They quit. Absolutely. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will be here for the next half hour. We're going to get more into his cryptid report, his stories, as we got him right till the end. Super Duke, World Bigfoot Radio returns for the cryptid report right here on Spaced Out Radio. Next. Right on, buddy. Okay. So tonight we got the uh, Ivan T. Sanderson version of the Bauman incident. And then as much as I can get out on the uh, where the word Bigfoot came from originally and the whole Jerry Crew thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. For, for those that haven't heard that yet, where'd that word Bigfoot come from? 1950s. <laughs> We're going to tell the story, but I'm going to go have a cigarette real quick here. Yeah, you go, buddy. You go. Do, 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 do. Come on. Everybody else is out there. Super Duke. Super Duke. You can admit it. You can all admit it. It just feels good to say. It really does. It works. It works. Hadley, how are you? Grandizer. Dave 101, the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I've got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Dave Scott. Mm. It's coming back. I think I might just go with a mustache and some little chin hair here for a while. Skip the beard for a bit. 
I don't know. Or I just might go full on beard again. You never know. You never, ever know. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Deb, Mike, Kira times two, Caitlin, Atlantis, Louie times three, Jenny, uh, underscore Maddie, Dutch UFO, Pam, I am Pam, Monica, Mike again, Cat Chaser, Vaughn, and Carlito. Thank you, guys. Very much appreciate the love. Very much appreciate the love. And let's go here to Jyoti. I hear Super Duke. I hear back, Super I'm Duke. I'm back. Yeah, I tell you, it's going to be fun doing the Biggie Awards. We already got an artist that's working on the, they look like the the Oscar, the gold statue, except they're Bigfoot statues. <laughs> and we got different ones for different categories already. So it's going to be fun. And this is all going to be audience participation. So you guys that are listening right now, I'm going to be putting up polls over on my YT- YouTube community chat. Uh, tab and you can go over there and vote and put in who you think should be uh, the person that wins each position and why you think they were the best at doing that for the year just past 2022 and so we'll have a lot of fun with this super duke super duke having fun with super duke (laughs) how'd you like the new intro just just be honest How'd you like it? Oh, it's cool. No, I really, I really like the '60s throwback echo voice on there. You know, that's totally the kind of style of music that I grew up. I figured, I figured you'd like some echo. I threw in a little distortion, a little tremolo, in there. Yep. It almost had that Tommy James Crimson and Clover thing going on. It was pretty close. I know. (laughs) He cheated to that. He just sang it through a a freaking uh, fan. That's how they got that effect. Really. Yeah, I saw him talking about that. They're like, how'd you get that effect? And he's like, I sang it through a fan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, it worked. Totally worked. Yeah, no kidding. It sounded great. And everybody's like, how are they doing this trippy new effect? They invented another one. That was back in the day when Hendrix was inventing all the special effects, wah-wah pedals and stuff. They're like, wow, how Tommy James come up with this? Hold on, buddy. Here we go. <laughs> Tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, 
Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio is here for the Cryptid Report. And Duke, what do you got for us tonight, man? Well, I'll tell you what. I got the tome itself. Abominable Snowman. Legend come to life. And as those in the studio can see, this thing's like three inches thick. <laughs> this was actually written the same year I was born by the eminent Ivan T. Sanderson, survivor of World War II intelligence and later on cryptid researcher. And him and Bernard Hubelman are the two people that are basically credited with uh, getting cryptozoology going. And in uh, on page 104, uh, he's got some interesting stuff here about the uh, story of an old Bigfoot in Idaho. And this one he met. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Mentions that the story starts out sounding like it's a Bigfoot, and it turns out it was just a a crazy wild man, uh, an actual feral human, who was a big guy. He was like six foot eight, and he was also a crazy murderer. And he was going around massacring people for quite a while until somebody actually caught up with him and shot him 16 times, which apparently uh, pretty much put an end to his rampage. But this is one of those things you were talking about earlier, Dave, where, uh, you know, you wonder how many of these reports they're talking about a wild man. Are they referring to a feral human or are they referring to a Bigfoot? And in this case, it was a feral human. Oh, my. Um, So, yeah, that kind of stuff does happen. Now, here's another old story from Idaho, and this one is from right near where I live and very, very famous. Um, And, of course, Ivan says, I have other old stories from Idaho, mostly of sheep being torn apart and monstrous human-like footprints by water holes, but nothing ever came of them. There's one story, however, that has always impressed me, and this was told by none other than President Theodore Roosevelt in a book he published in 1892 entitled The Wilderness Hunter. Teddy was not a boy to be taken in by anybody much, and he was a great skeptic and debunker, especially in the field of wildlife, which he was pretty much an expert on, being the originator of that most excellent expression of opprobrium, nature faker. This story seems to have impressed him not just a little, and mostly because of the still noticeable terror of the teller half a lifetime later. He was an old man when he talked to Roosevelt, and the incident had happened when he was young. So you can put this at having happened in the early 1800s. His name was Bauman, and he was born in the area of the then frontier and had spent all of his life as a hunter and trapper. Roosevelt's account goes as follows. It was told to me by a grizzled, weather-beaten old mountain hunter named Bauman, who was born and had passed all his life on the frontier. He must have believed what he said, for he could hardly repress a shudder at certain points of the tale. When the event occurred, Bauman was still a young man and was trapping with a partner among the mountains, dividing the forks of the salmon from the head of the Wisdom River. 
this account doesn't mention it, but I've researched this so much. The name of his partner was actually Jessup. Not having had much luck, he and his partner determined to go up into a particularly wild and lonely pass through which ran a small stream said to contain many beaver. The pass has an evil reputation because the year before a solitary hunter who had wandered into it was there slain, seemingly by a wild beast, the half-eaten remains being afterwards found by some mining prospectors who had passed his camp only the night before. Now, the president may not have known about this part of it, but there was another victim within a year of that uh, previously who had been a miner that had wandered out of the area, literally beaten to a pulp, and told the people that he stumbled into camp that he had been uh, beaten up by mountain apes and he didn't survive the night. And they felt so bad for him, they named the mining camp after him, which eventually became a town which is still there to this day, although they've changed the name of the town because people keep stealing the road sign because apparently it's hilarious. But the miner who died's name was Dick, and the town's name Bloody Dick. Oh, my. So they changed the name of it. So anyway, the memory of this event weighed very lightly on the two trappers, who were adventurous young men and hardy as others of their kind. They then struck out on foot through the vast gloomy forest and in about four hours reached a little open glade where they concluded to camp as signs of game were plenty. There was still an hour or two of daylight left and after building a brush lean-to and throwing down and opening their packs, they started upstream. At dusk, they again reached camp. They were surprised to find that during their absence, something, apparently a bear had visited camp and had rummaged about among their things, scattering the contents of their packs and in sheer wantonness, destroying their lean-to. The footprints of the beast were quite plain, but at first they paid no particular heed to them, busying themselves with rebuilding the lean-to, laying out their beds and stores, and lighting the fire. While Bobbin was making ready supper, it being already dark, his companion began to examine the tracks more closely and soon took a brand from the fire to follow them up, where the intruder had walked along a game trail after leaving the camp. Coming back to the fire, he stood by it for a minute or two, peering out into the darkness, and suddenly remarked, Bauman, that bear has been walking on two legs. Bauman laughed at this, but his partner insisted that he was right, and once again examining the tracks of the torch, they certainly did seem to be made by but two paws or feet. However, it was too dark to make sure. After discussing whether the footprints could possibly be those of a human being and coming to the conclusion that they could not be, the two men rolled up their blankets and went to sleep under the lean-to. At midnight, Bauman was awakened by some noise and sat up in his blankets. As he did so, his nostrils were struck by a strong wild beast odor, and he caught the loom of a great body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean-to. Grasping his rifle, he fired at the vague, threatening shadow, but he must have missed, for immediately afterwards he heard the smashing of the underbrush as the thing, whatever it was, rushed off into the impenetrable blackness of the forest and the night. After this, the two men slept but little, sitting up by the rekindled fire, but they heard nothing more. In the morning they started out to look at a few traps that had been set the previous evening and put out new ones. By an unspoken agreement, they kept together all day and returned to camp towards evening. On nearing it, they saw, hardly to their astonishment, that the lean-to had uh, been again torn down. The visitor the preceding day had returned and in wanton malice had tossed about the camp kit and bedding and destroyed the shanty. The ground was marked up by its tracks, and on leaving the camp, it had gone along the soft earth by the brook where the footprints were as plain as if on snow. And after a careful scrutiny of the trail, it certainly did seem as if, whatever the thing was, 
It had walked off on but two legs. The men, thoroughly uneasy now, gathered a great heap of dry logs and kept up the running fire throughout the night, one or the other sitting on guard most of the time. About midnight, the thing came down through the forest opposite them, across the brook, and stayed there on the hillside for nearly an hour. They could hear the branches crackle as it moved about, and several times it uttered a harsh, grating, long-drawn moan, a particularly sinister sound. Yet it did not venture near the fire. In the morning, the two trappers, after discussing the strange events of the last 36 hours, decided they would shoulder their packs and leave the valley that afternoon. All morning, they kept together, picking up trap after trap, all of them empty. On first leaving camp, they had the disagreeable sensation of being followed. In the dense spruce thickets, they occasionally heard a branch snap after they had passed, and now and then there was a slight rustling noise among the small pines to one side of them. At noon, they were back within a couple miles of camp. In the high, bright sunlight, their fears seemed absurd to two armed men, accustomed as they were through long years of lonely wandering in the wilderness to face every kind of danger from man, brute, or element. There were still three beaver traps to collect from a little pond in a wide ravine nearby. Bauman volunteered to gather these and bring them in, while his companion went ahead to camp and make ready the packs. On reaching the pond, Bauman found three beavers in the traps, one of which had been pulled loose and carried into the beaver house. It took several hours in securing and preparing this beaver, and when he started homewards, he marked with some uneasiness how low the sun was getting. At last he came to the edge of the little glade where the camp lay and shouted as he approached it, but got no answer. The campfire had gone out, though the thin blue smoke was still curling upwards. Near it lay the packs wrapped and arranged. At first Bauman could see nobody, nor did he receive an answer to his call. Stepping forward, he again shouted, and as he did so, his eye fell on the body of his friend, stretched out beside the trunk of a great fallen spruce. Rushing toward it, the horrified trapper found that the body was still warm, but that the neck was broken, although there were four great fang marks in the throat. The footprints of the unknown beast creature printed deep in the soft soil told the whole story. The unfortunate man, having finished his packing, had sat down on the spruce log with his face to the fire and his back to the dense woods to wait for his companion. It had not eaten the body, but apparently had just romped and gabolled around it in uncouth, ferocious glee, occasionally rolling over and over it, and had then fled back into the soundless depths of the woods. Bauman, now completely unnerved, and believing that the creature with which he had to deal was something either half-human or half-devil, some great goblin beast, abandoned everything but his rifle, and struck off at speed down the pass, not halting until he reached the beaver meadows, where the hobbled ponies were still grazing. Mounting, he rode onwards through the night until far beyond the reach of pursuit. Hmm. That's almost Swamp Dweller-ish right there, Super Duke. Yeah, except it's a true story. There's uh, actually a ranger over in that part of Idaho who's pretty sure he found the abandoned camp that Bauman left, because remember, he left all of his steel traps there. And the ranger that works in this area, the Salmon River Forest, is pretty sure he found the spot because they found these old, rusty, you know, (laughs) really old traps there. (laughs) And it's right around the area where he's describing that this happened. So uh, there's that. And then there's also the uh, the local reports of uh, this one, of course, which got reported by, you know, Teddy Roosevelt himself. 
um, who was quite the big game hunter and outdoorsman. He knew what he was doing out in the woods, wasn't scared easily. And they don't usually talk about it, but in that book, he's also got another story because they like to say, well, this is actually something that happened to him. And they, he just say, used uh, this name of this Bauman guy so he wouldn't get the heat for it. Well, no, he's got another story where he was out camping with somebody, big game hunting, uh, and I believe it was out here in the Rockies somewhere, and they apparently had a Bigfoot around their camp making noise and throwing stuff at them all night. Scared the bleep out of them. But that was as far as it went, and nobody ever brings up that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. That story. You know, it's, I mean, a lot of this could be very traumatic for people, Duke. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's the time of the internet or way back when. I mean, when you're dealing with with monsters, which is exactly what this is, I mean, how do you even go with it? You know, where, where's, yeah, exactly. where's the I mean, sanity? At that time, the only people in the area that would have known anything at all about this would have been like the local natives. And whether they would have told some fur trappers or anything or not, really debatable. Depends on how good of terms they're on with them. Uh, there was no knowledge of any kind of, you know, there being such a thing as Sasquatch. And we don't know for a fact that that's what killed this guy. They never actually saw it. It left Bigfoot-looking tracks. So we don't even know for sure what killed him because they never actually saw the dang thing. Um, you know, assuming it's a Bigfoot, probably, because there definitely are dangerous rogue ones that don't want humans around and fairly psychopathic, best to avoid them. They're rogues for a reason. They don't play well with others. And you remember, according to this report now, they got harassed by this thing for the better part of two days. And as far as they could tell, there was only one. And that's a telltale sign right there, too. There wasn't any group activity going on. There was just one. Oh, that's... I mean, that must have been one angry Sasquatch, man. Yeah, well, apparently he killed three people between uh, Jessup and Dick and the other guy that they don't name that they had found his remains up there within about a year and a half. So you can guess that whatever, you know, whoever did it was probably the same critter. I got to ask you, Duke, we don't, and granted, I I, I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but we don't hear a lot about people getting ripped apart in the forest anymore. We don't hear a lot of those types of stories. You know, now you could say, well, everything's being covered up or or everything is, is, you know, being uh, kept quiet or or the the police are you know won't look into it and they'll give a a monotone answer that it was a bear or a cougar or whatever but uh, i mean are these killings of sasquatch on people still happening yeah i'm pretty sure that there still are and yeah they're, they're the majority of them are being covered up um but i don't think there's all that many it's not nearly as much as what gets portrayed you know look on, on some of these shows 
is like every other show, you know, my uncle shot at Bigfoot and it ran away or, you know, Bigfoot clubbed our cow to death or Bigfoot ate my uncle's Winnebago. And it's all these, you know, horrific death dealing encounters with Bigfoot. And sometimes the story includes people getting injured or killed. Okay. There's records on pretty much everybody. If somebody got injured or killed, that's something you can actually look up. And how often when you look into those, is there anything to it? When you actually press the people that did these stories, half time they'll admit that they either made it up or they embellished it. It was a real story and they just added on to it. Or they just completely manufactured it. So just because somebody reads you a story on some show doesn't mean there's any validity to it whatsoever. And I tend to put an extremely jaundiced eye on most of these horrific Bigfoot ripping people limb from limb BS stories. Because every time I try to investigate one, there's nothing to it. How do you even find it, my friend? How do you even find it? You know, hey, I want to ask you, going into 2023, on your on a personal note, as we've now started the brand new year, what's the goal for Super Duke out in the forest? Uh, well, I got more celebrity guests showing up this year that want to go out in the woods, so that'll be that usual routine for that. Other than that, I want to spend a lot more time in the woods this year than I got to last year. Last year, I didn't have any transportation to make it possible. And if hopefully by then I will have working vehicle and I can, you know, pretty much live in the woods most of the summer. That's my plan. I want to be up there all the time camping out, uh, you know, and, and this is because my approach is just habituation to presence. So it's taken like seven, eight years to get them to the point where they're at right now. And that's with not crowding them going up there like once a month is, is off, you know, from, as soon as the pass opens until it closes, go up there at least once a month. Some months we hit it twice. Usually it's just once a month. And so they just got used to us showing up on this campsite once a month. We're comical. We walk around, find their huge structures. Oh, and ah, how great they are. Then go back to camp again. We're good entertainment. So they finally got to the point where they, you know, not only put up with us, they actually enjoy it when we come up there and visit. Because, you know, we pick up the trash out of the woods. We don't shoot any animals. We don't cut down any live trees. You don't need to. There's tons of dry deadfall up there. You can be burning campfires until the end of time and never run out of wood within walking distance of the campsite that you can burn up, you know. So after long enough, they just observe you and they decide if they like you or not. And now is the point where if I was up there a lot, I don't think they would feel like I was crowding them because they know I'm not like trying to trick them. I'm not setting up game cams and audio capture cams all that kind of stuff. You know, if you want to wander into camp and have a cookie at night, feel free. Because otherwise a damn deer will eat them anyway. You guys might as well get them. Mm-hmm. And literally I had one I had a chase out of camp last time we were up there because it kept making all this damn noise. You know, Bigfoot would be subtle and sly and you wouldn't hear him. And there's oh, something no. like digging through every bag in camp, making a racket. And finally unzip, unzip the tent, stick my head out. And it's a stupid deer trying to get at the cookies we had this one yeah. bag. Yeah, and and they look at you with those beautiful brown eyes, and they're like, "What? What are you gonna do? Look how cute I am. I'm, yeah. anno- I'm annoying, you know I, but cute." Yeah, you know what I did? I know who else is watching the camp, and I said, "Hey, this damn deer is stealing the cookies I was gonna leave for you guys. If I was you, I'd eat them. I bet that deer won't be there next year." Mmm. <laughs> Just play, playing a mean game there, Super Duke. Playing a mean game there. 
yeah, I just know my main uh, goal for this year is to get more more field research time in because that's what I'm good at doing and I want to be out there anyway. And I've actually got two groups of them here now that enjoy, well, at least they put up with me. But <laughs> I don't want to go too far and say they look forward to me showing up. They, they put up with me. That's enough. I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Now that I've got an area that's, hopping i'm i'm just hoping that next year that the the ones we have been following will be back there and they weren't just in a migratory area you know i'm i'm really hoping hoping that that's what's coming I well, according really... to robin that's one of the areas where that smaller group hangs around all the time so you should be able to go get activity there during the warmer months when you can get to it she said there's another bigger group that's further away from there, and they're like, it's a good thing they're further away, and you probably don't feel like hiking that far and being all Rob Kreider-like. No, they're not all that no. friendly. <laughs> no, Dave, Dave, does, Dave doesn't do hiking, my friend. That's just, you know. I physically can't. You know, it was, uh, 12 years ago, I was in a wheelchair most of the time. It took me a lot of therapy to get to the point where I could walk with a cane. And now I can walk without a cane and even on rough terrain, but I can't go very far, <laughs> like two, three miles. And that's it. That maxes me out. And I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day. My ankle's giving out. Sorry. My back feels like somebody just hit me with a baseball bat. <laughs> 20 seconds, my friend, tell everybody where they can find world Bigfoot radio. Come on over and see me on YouTube, rumble, bit shoot, odyssey and right eon. And you can find my, uh, Facebook group, especially for people that have stories and want to talk to other people that have had encounters and whatnot that would understand. Robin McRae's overall the time. Montana Bigfoot Project on Facebook. We have 6,000 members. Come join up. Make the numbers bigger. We love it, man. We love it when you're here. We love everything that you do, Super Duke. Thank you for being a part of us here going into 2023. You make it all much better for us, my man. And thank you to the Swamp Dweller for coming in with another spooky story. And our guest from earlier on, Geraldine Orozco for The Spiritual You. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in. At home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LDAP, LinkedIn, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. 
And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. 